Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is My Wardrobe Malfunction, the podcast about our unique relationship with the items we wear. Now look, we weren't expecting to be back in your ears until February, but let's face it, the new year began and my God, these first few days have been gloomy. So I thought we could all do with some cheering up. With that in mind, we've gone through all 40 episodes so far and picked out some of the moments that made us smile, laugh, and in some cases spit our tea out. We've got highlights in chronological order from each of our 39 special guests. Why 39? Because someone appeared twice. No prizes for guessing who. If you haven't heard each episode already, we'd love you to go back and listen to them all. But if you're looking for a couple of hours of amusement, and sweet Jesus, do we need it now, then please listen on. One quick word of warning. The sound quality starts well, gets dodgy in the middle, and better by the end. So please bear with it. Hopefully the stories themselves will make up for any audio horrors. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors and find out what's inside. Michelle Bizarge. I never really had anything bad happen to me. The only time I was ever embarrassed wasn't really wardrobe. It was a wig situation. Okay. We were playing a big street festival in Miami called Calle Ocho. It's huge. It's it's a big Cuban street thing in Miami. And we were performing on the street in the heat of the summer. And I had a little China doll, you know, fringe wig. It was blonde. Mm. And I remember doing the dance moves, you know, which were like, you know, street dance. Mm -hmm. And I was sweating everything off, wearing how a, old were wearing you a goatee this? suit, 19, wearing this goatee suit, gorgeous, oh, which I still cool. have. Tried to put it on recently. Mm, not a chance. Nope. nope. Was it the one with the padded hips? It was the, no, it was the one from that era. Yeah. It had kind of uh, stretched down the sides, but it had cut out armpits. I remember that. Gorgeous, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. gorgeous. So, cut, so and I had yeah. like a three quarter length trouser with it. Mm. It was just stunning. So I'd mm. wear a boot under that quarter length, three quarter length trouser. It was just really beautiful. Mm. Um, and you know, the stretch, the elasticity mm. loses and just goes. Mm. And I remember the fringe on the bag, on the, by the time I was done performing, was like at the back of my head. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't <laughs> see because the whole wig had twisted from the heat, like from me dancing and the sweat. And I remember looking through kind of the uh, curtains of the backside of the wig. And nobody, the other girls in the group, because I was in a girl group, they didn't bother to tell me that my wig was turning around in the middle of the performance. That was really the only thing that ever yeah, happened that, that I was that like... Is, that is a sublime story. And for me, that is a wardrobe malfunction. It is. That's a major one. Yeah. And do you have any outfit or item of clothing that you love but everyone else hates? Oh, my God. So much. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Every pair... Okay. 
in society, mm. people have an issue with see-through things. Mm. Like I'll wear a pair, you know, like the whole Lululemon scandal when the pants were see-through and they were charging 120 pounds for them or whatever. I have loads of gym pants that I wear to the gym. Dave, my husband, David, will go, don't bend over. Those are see-through. And I'm like, who cares? Mm. I'm lucky if I get anybody looking at my ass at 50 years old. Mm. I don't understand the taboo with that. It never bothers me. See-through mm. clothing doesn't bother me. If it doesn't mm. bother me, why is it bothering you? Mm. I love to see plus size women mm -hmm. in white spandex. Mm -hmm. It makes me so happy, I cannot tell you. Because they are living their full life and not giving a shit what anybody thinks. Do you wear white spandex? Absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. So you're, look, a, you're a fucking hypocrite. No. How can you say that? you got those women yes. in their white spandex no, I love living their it. best life. And yet, oh no, I won't wear white spandex. Because I am not there yet. Tan France. People ask how I keep my marriage going. I keep my shit tight for my husband. Mm. I make him desire me every day. Mm. And do you dress him ever? Or is he kind of... He's, he's very stylish. No, he he's very stylish. What frustrates me about him, we don't fight a lot, thank yeah. God. We, the times we fight, it's usually because he waits about a week after I've worn something and then he will purchase that outfit, something very similar uh, online, and then we'll be out at an event and he won't show me what he's wearing, what he's about to wear. And I'll, uh, the driver turns up and he'll come out of the bedroom and he's it's too late for me to change. And he's wearing something that I wore a week prior. Oh my God. It, okay. I, I find it insufferable. Yeah. Insufferable. <laughs> so it encourages me. I don't like being, I don't like having a white twin in my husband. Yeah. And so he knows that that will force me <laughs> to So you have to keep to it sealed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's that hard, Drives hard line of keeping, keeping quiet yeah. while you're wearing. Yeah. Surprise him and then worrying that he's going to yeah. turn up in the same thing. I did make the ultimate sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you, this will show you what a martyr I am with my husband. He, um, on our wedding day, I didn't know what he was wearing. He was going to surprise me. I was going to surprise him. Uh, and so uh, I, I came out of the bedroom and I was wearing what I was wearing. And he uh, showed me what he was wearing. And he was really unhappy because his suit wasn't fitting right. And we were a similar size. And so I looked at his suit thinking, oh, gosh, it's really not a good one. I don't want you to go down like this. Like this is, the oh suit's doing you real God, dirty. What did you say? And so I gave him my suit to wear. And he looked incredible in it. And I wore his suit, which was not good. That is such a sacrifice. Yeah, and I look back now thinking, you dickhead, why the fuck did <laughs> you think to do that? But I wanted him to have his special day. Yeah. And so, yeah, he wore my suit and he looked impeccable. How did you two meet? Online. Did you? Before the dirty apps. Uh, yeah, really? it was online. It was on a dating website and it was uh, the kind of site where you would just make friends, not yeah. not date. And, uh, and you wouldn't send any inappropriate pictures. It was 11 and a half years ago. And he asked me out on a date. I was in Salt Lake City. Why were you in Salt Lake City? My friends lived there. Okay. And so I was visiting them regularly. And I wanted to make it home anyway. And he was living there. And he saw me online. And he asked me if I'd go on a date. And I'm his first like proper boyfriend. Mm. I'm his first everything, which is wonderful. He doesn't know I'm terrible in bed. He's yet to find out. He has nothing to compare <laughs> me against. So nice. The laziest lover. But he has no idea. He yeah. thinks I'm wonderful. <laughs> so so, so that's the trick. Find somebody who's never done it before. Okay, wait. If I have an, a proper one, what's yours? I've had so many. Like where something, not just where you've not put your zipper up, like something where it's popped open or something ripped. Okay, the, wor the worst one. Okay, so the worst, the one of the worst ones was at Windsor Castle and it was Prince Edward's 21st birthday party. Okay. And I was sat. I don't know who that is. Is that a, a 
Queen's Child? Queen's Child. Oh, okay. for God's sake, get a grip. You don't know who he is? I have never heard that name before. Prince Edward? No, I've never Okay, he's the younger brother of Prince Charles. You've heard of him. Oh, wait, he, yes. He's the one who married somebody that kind of looked a bit like Diana. Yeah, she, uh, the wedding, she looked, yeah, 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 yeah. She looked a bit like Diana. Yeah. Okay, so sat between him and Prince Philip, who is the Queen's yes, husband. Yes, I do know. Do you know who yeah, he is? Yeah, I watched okay. The Crown. I love The Crown. Okay. Yeah. So sat between those two. And yeah. I, my father, my... My my guru yes. had bought me the most beautiful Valentino dress, yeah. and it was white, cut on the bias, and a heavy silk crepe. And it had it was sort of halter neck, so and I didn't have to wear a bra because it was when my tits were still small. Yeah. And it was it was kind of edged in these beautiful, um, they were like uh, what do you call the little barrel sequins? What do you call those? Not baguettes. I don't know. Anyway, the beautiful sequins, yeah. and then cross. Cross back, yeah. low back, cross straps going, sitting there eating my soup. And I suddenly... You wore a white dress and you were eating soup? Yeah, it was fine. I, I, I'm a wow. keen eater. I didn't know they were going to have soup, did I? Uh-huh. So I was in <laughs> yeah. a white dress. And uh, and normally it would be the first thing that got dirty, but yeah. it was worse. And suddenly I, f- I felt this <gasps> strap. A pop. One strap, not one strap, two strap. My front of my dress fell. My tits oh fell my in the God. soup. And I was tits just soup. there. I was there with my tits exposed. And no Prince bra. Philip, no bra. Prince oh. Philip looked at me and he kind of went waved his hand. Oh, my God. And this butler came in with a, a silver salver with two safety pins on and I had to pin <gasps> it. There I was, exposed. It's, wait, I'm sorry to be vulgar, but did your boobs still have soup on them? Or did you have to well, wipe didn't, them I off? I had to wipe <laughs> the soup off my tits. At the table in yeah. front of Prince Charles. So that, that was my see worst. See now, that's a malfunction. Elizabeth Hurley. Have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction? You must have done. I've never had a strap breaking or anything, but I've had, I've had a few shoe malfunctions. Okay. My worst one was opening the Amnicrucis Fate. And for some reason, it's when I just moved to the country and the organisers had sort of done a press call so there were masses of national press, not just, you know, local thing. So there were a lot of people there. And, you know, had I taken a note from the royal family, I would have worn wedges. But I didn't. Mm. I wore heels. And I remember walking out in Classic. my dress with son, dog, Arun at the time, my husband, and the vicar. We all stood there, a big bank of press. And then when I took a few steps, my heel got completely stuck <laughs> right down in the ground. And I thought, I can't bend down with all this press there. So I had to say to the vicar, my heel's stuck. So the poor <laughs> vicar had to get down. And you know what it's, well, you wouldn't, but yeah. when your heel's stuck, someone has to get down, but your shoe's still in the heel because it's strapped in. And literally pull your foot out like that. So that was a humiliating thing. Funnily enough, the next year at that very same fate, there's probably the most unflattering paparazzi picture ever well funnily enough i'm in your dress okay <laughs> ever 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 it was the same fate again where i'd come back probably in wedges this time and i was wearing do you remember the yellow dress you and truly designed which i lived yes, in yes yes really yes. beautiful copied from a prada one yeah. i think it was my favorite dress i actually wore it to speech day at wellington last year but i wore it to this fate and again i was you know feeling full of myself, and I fell down some steps. And if you Google those pictures of me falling down these steps, you've never, ever seen anything. It's, lit, it's, it's like a comedy fall. Caught at the end, but there's legs, there's hair, there's knickers, there's you name it. Okay, so what's the best bit of a beauty advice you've ever been given, do you think? 
Well, my grandmother told me to always sleep with the window open. Mm. Otherwise, you look pasty. She added, like the Germans, but that was probably just her um, <laughs> her age. Um, two wars and all that. But um, I think sleeping the window open is one of the most important things you can do and not having a hot room. Mm. I agree. Pile on the blankets. Nile Rogers. So, Nile, tell me what you are wearing today. You're very tailored, but in a, in a groovy way. Um, I'm incredibly fond of dogs and um actually this i wear these are my last dog died so i actually wear all of his collars those are your dog's collars i thought they were sort of you know some amazing you got them from dover street market no as a matter of fact here's something really funny a few months ago i was at a cartier party where they've reintroduce their super, super high-end line, Mm -hmm. their high-end line, and they had me put on a couple of pieces of jewelry that was worth millions of dollars, and they wouldn't allow me to walk around the place without guards. And everybody thought my dog chains (laughs) were more expensive (laughs) than the jewelry (laughs) that they had me walking around and everybody kept going oh my god no wonder you've got guards with those they were like these things must be millions of dollars look how heavy they are look how big they are and I'm going uh no it's $25 a piece when I bought them but they are they are chain dog collars and I have to say they do look deeply cool on on you not many people could carry that off at all The first thing I do after a show is as soon as I get into my hotel room, I I take the clothes that I've just worn and I wash them right away. Wow. I mean, and that's like ritualistic. Suits and the whole bit. Suits and everything. How can you wash them? I mean, what happens if you're wearing a sort of mohair and cashmere jacket? Or don't you? You See, now you are, now you're talking my language. People don't understand. So what do you think people did before there was dry cleaning? They sponged them down. Right. Yeah. I do it better than that. I wash them. So when I was a child, uh, we used to have a product called Woolite, which they still have, but I, I realized that I don't need Woolite. You just need cold water and a very mild detergent. You can wash anything. I have silk suits that Versace made for me that look brand new. People cannot believe that those suits are that old. Wow. They look brand spanky new. But, and and then- they're silk. And then how how do you dry them with a kind of do you get the sort of the little hairdryer in the bathroom and dry it with a hairdryer? That's how do funny. You you, you <laughs> busted me. I only do that when I need something quickly, but I just let everything just drip dry. Trini. And I've been analysing Nexus. I'll mm. just give you a bit of research on Nexus. Okay, yeah. So do. I was thinking as we digress because I know we're doing yoga. As well. So yeah. so there's the A E I O U which. You know, I still think it's good. I do every day. So I do about 19 things for my neck. But A-E-I-O-U is key because A is that long muscle that when you do, if you're, if you're here and you do yeah. A, that muscle holds up your whole goddamn face. And then E, E, it's like, you know when they tell you to do tummy muscles yeah. and then to do lower tummy muscles? The E to the A is what your lower tummy muscle is to your neck. Okay. So, a is here. Mm. E, e, it's inside. You can't feel it, but there's a muscle in there which is making that tight. I, I, it's this one down here, and it's in your jawline. So yeah. you, you want to get that jaw. I, oh, 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 oh. It's like a lion. Okay, I don't. Oh, 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 oh,
So the you is really important because there, under here, do it with me, darling, because it really oh, feel the you. Just being bossy no, again. No, really feel the you. You. Here, feel here. You. 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 You know they do facial yoga now. I'm about. I'm doing facial what, yoga. This is darling. The basis of it. You do this for five minutes, and you'll feel like you're. It's like, like you makes so leg. much sense. So that will tighten the yeah. jaw, holds up the neck. The other thing is it past the? Is it the? the have I gone beyond? The, beyond the. The lower face of the moment. Yeah. I don't know. I think. <laughs> I think that here the neck. I'd like to have a little do, neck lift. You can do neck lift. So many women, you know, will go on the front of the mirror and they'll do that. Yeah. But I think I, I think I've seen successful ones, mm. but I've seen people who haven't looked after theirs and so yeah. they're not so successful, and maybe they need to consider doing it again. And yeah. then I have seen threads work very well which are little threads you put into mm. to support the frame structure of your neck and then also you can do like fractional microcurrents which deal with the she's talking in a foreign craziness. language now. i know do you, i'm just going into detail for you yeah. deal with that. you know when you turn sideways and suddenly the skin feels oh. a bit like yeah they deal with that awful they deal with that yeah this is not necessarily one where the outfit was bad because that would be an injustice to my belief in my ability to dress. But I went to a wedding of a mutual friend of ours called William Oswald and it was another Thomas Dajewski moment, this designer in the 1980s. Um, I had two wardrobe malfunctions with him. Um, and I had gone in and he was one person who lent me clothes and I loved his clothes and he lent me this bright pink suit, really distinctive with these huge buttons. I thought, Great. And it was quite a smart wedding. There were all the members of the royal family there. And uh, it was at St. George, the, the one by, the, by Buckingham Palace, St. George's Chapel or whatever, you know, that, that one there. So I went in and I was late. And so I, I remember sitting quite near the back and I was literally his best friend. So it was a bit embarrassing. I sit quite near the back, which meant I didn't see, you know, a few different people come in. And so then the reception was at St. James's Palace and I'm you know, standing around, and Tessa Kennedy comes up, which is the sister of the mother of the bride, Arabella's mother, and goes, what do you think you're doing? And I look at her and I go, I'm sorry. And she goes, how dare you wear the same outfit as the mother of the bride? And I was oh, like, no, no. But I don't know. She said, how can you go to Thomas Strachewski and order the same outfit? And I thought to myself, my God, I'm really going to get him in the shit here because I don't want to admit that he's lent me something knowing he's made something for somebody else. So I was like, she said, you have to leave now. And I said, William is my best friend. I'm not leaving now. She said, I don't want my sister upset. So she said, make sure you're never in the same room as my sister. <laughs> so I remember at this wedding, I then kind of like stayed in one room and then the, the mother I was coming. I had to rush to the other room and make sure you don't have any photographs taken. And, I, and it, was, it was like a comedy. A farce. It was like a farce. It was so funny. But I think she never found out. Really? Yeah. Joe Sugg. So when do you think about clothes? <laughs> Any formal event, still to this day, when I see black tie on, a, on an invite, I forget what that actually means. I'm like, do I have to wear... Because I, I, I handed out an award recently at the BAFTAs. Yeah. And I didn't notice that it said black tie until I was already on the way there. And I wore a floral tie, like a blue floral tie. Oh, my tie. God, Joe. No, that is a no-no. Yeah, a so, floral tie. But I was with my, Shame on I know, you. I know, but I was with my agent. I sat there and I was like, oh, my God, everyone's gone up so far as wearing a black tie. I was like, what should I do? And he was like, well, you can borrow mine if you want. So we, and I was presenting the award with Shirley <laughs> Ballas as well. And she looked amazing. And there's me in my suit with a floral tie. And I was... <laughs> Asking everyone, panicking, because I was about to go out and give this award out, thinking, like, I'm about to go out there. I've just seen Benedict Cumberbatch in the audience, and I'm about to go out there with my blooming floral tie. Like, is this allowed? Like, because BAFTA's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah, huge. Um, 
And I, so I was, I was um, shit my pants a bit. Yeah. And I, you must but, have looked about twelve years old with your little floral. Blue yeah, tie. no, I did, I did, I did, which is great because I'm get, I'm approaching thirty now. So I wanna, I wanna stay looking as young as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but do you get, do you ever get asked for your ID? I know that doesn't happen you know so much here. Yes. But do you? I did in Sainsbury's the other day. Me and Diane bought a bottle of gin, mm-hmm. and I got ID'd. Diane didn't have to really? show hers, but I had to show mine. But I used to back in the day when I when I turned eighteen, all my friends were going out to nightclubs and bars for like sixteen, seventeen. Because they all had like beards and stuff at sixteen. Mm. I had like I didn't even grow One armpit chest hair. hair. Yeah, I didn't grow armpit hair till I was like twenty. No way, I, really? No way of a lie. I didn't grow armpit hair. I could hair have till given like you 20. some of mine. <laughs> if anyone knew each other back then, <laughs> my burst open sofa that you know, needs a good waxing. I've received a lot of weird things in the post from from uh, fans and stuff, but that, I think that'd be the weirdest thing. Yeah, <laughs> Susanna's armpit hair. <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> Dame Kristen Scott Thomas, watch Kristen was your worst wardrobe oh, malfunction. Well, you're looking apart like you've from, had a few. I have had quite a few, apart from. One day, which wasn't really, it was because the dress was a little bit too big and it was very, very heavy, made out of beading, lots and mm. lots of beading. And it just slipped and slipped and slipped and slipped and all evening. And was it strapless? Yes. Suddenly I realised my nipples were out. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the worst. The worst was when I was in the Toronto Film Festival and I had the most beautiful red dress from Chambers Easter Valley. And luckily I had a backup. They put me in. I'm thinking, yes, this looks so good. Right. We had to take it off for, for another reason. I was trying it on. Take it off to do something. I can't remember what. Change the underwear. Undergarments. Pull up your Undergarments. Oh, okay, Incredibly yeah. important. Very. What do they call it? The underpinnings. Mm. It's so important. Mm. Uh, so important. Anyway, something had to be done there. And then, of course, we couldn't get it up. On or off, it got stuck. Because, you know, there's annoying little... That seam around... Around the waist yeah. when it's a bit tight. Yep. And because it's a sample size and, mm-hmm. you know, you're a human being, not a model. Mm. And you, they try and pull the zip, zip up. They try and pull the zip down. I'm stuck in the dress, basically. Stuck in the dress. In probably a, a fat dress. Five minutes thousands before. Thousands yeah, thousands yeah. And they had to cut, <gasps> cut me out of the dress. And I had to have the backup. Which is very disappointing because I really like that mm. red dress. Has there ever been any costume that you've said there is no fucking way I'm wearing that yeah yeah they have I said I remember saying to one I think it was Jenny Bevan on Gosford Park I said I cannot wear this I was very in character in Gosford Park <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wear this I look like an Olympic swimmer okay. I remember thinking that I looked too sort of butch, butch. and was it a dress so very or was broad it... shoulders and when you have straps here Spaghetti straps. Don't no, work. they weren't. They were oh. wide straps. Spaghetti straps are a bit better than wide straps. Okay. But if you have wide straps, your eye is sort of brought that way. Yeah. And so you look even broader. But then you're lucky to have broad shoulders because that yeah, but clothes I mean, sit better on yes, them. Yes, in some ways, sometimes, but yeah. not when you're being asked to wear a dress like that. Yeah. Oh, Stacey Dooley. Okay, so Stacey, the first thing yeah. is I want you to describe what you're wearing now because clearly you've made an enormous effort. Well, listen, I knew that um, a fashionista was coming to grace me, so I thought, let me really try hard and go to town. So I've put on black jogging bottoms um, paired with, teamed with a black sweater. Mm-hmm. Does that belong to Kevin? 
Always flashy, never trashy. No, this is mine. The only size is oversized. Do you know, it's so funny. I always get messages off of like 55-year-old men on Instagram saying, why don't any of your clothes fit you? Oh, why don't is you it the men that, that do that? Yeah, and I think, what's it got to do with you? They're all, they're all perfs. Let me live. Yeah. Let me live in my oversized cashmere. Yeah. So um, I loungewear is really my thing. It is but your also, thing. I haven't washed yet, so. Yeah, no, I can tell. I can Sorry smell. I can tell and I can smell. So you, when you were a child growing up, were mm-hmm. you very much in the hands of your mum, die, Or did you have your own mind on what you were going to wear? Um, I think when I was tiny, my mother used to put me in really horrendous gear, like, you know, sort of always quite themed. You know Ooh. what I mean? Like I'd be dressed like a sailor or whatever. No. And like a big nautical <laughs> bow or some nonsense. Like, You're kidding. No, I'm deadly serious. No. And I don't know why, because like we weren't fancy at all. I don't know. It was like, yeah, it was all a bit silly. <laughs> and actually there was this one time when it was, uh, you know, when you go fancy dress for like a kid's party yeah. or whatever. And um, my mother was like, oh, you're... You're going to go um, as the Mad Hatter's table, as the table, Susanna, okay. right? So I sort of stood <laughs> in the kitchen and the it was like a big cardboard box. Okay. You know, like you get in a big telly or whatever, like yeah. a big cardboard box. And she cut out a circle for my head and then two circles for my arms and then like glued like plates and cups That's all so around clever. me. I love that. Well, yeah, but I sort of turned up to the do and everyone's like, what the fuck are you? And I was like, "Um, (laughs) I'm a table. (laughs) I'm a table. She was, yeah, she was always sort of trying to go for it, but it never was executed that brilliantly. Your clothing is bulletproof now, isn't it? Yeah. No, there was a moment when I was young, man. I was at my cousin's in Luton. We were on this estate and um, my cousin, who's not really my cousin, but she... I was talking to this guy and they were on the bikes, la, 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 And it was really cold. But, you know, at that age, you'll just stay out no matter what. Yeah, like, it yeah, could yeah. be sub-zero. It could be, like, minus five. And you're so cold. And I was wearing tights and a skirt. And I remember shivering so hard. I know it sounds like I'm lying, but this is totally true. I shivered the skirt off. But I, no, but I didn't realise. So, so I was stood in the fucking, the tights and the skirt. And I was shivering and the skirt had come down. I had like kickers, little kickers, um, wedged heels. And I was just stood there and everyone was and laughing. you didn't realise that it, no, it down? No, because it's so cold anyway. So, da, 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 da. And then like all the boys on the bikes were laughing. And I was like, I thought, that's embarrassing. Oh, Stacey, that's yeah. just amazing. And Only that- you. Matt Preston. There's a strange thing here with, with men. and men, Australian men have been always very conservative. That, that's changed dramatically in the last 12 years. But um, but the Australian men have always understood the joy of the um the comedy shirt, you know the, the ridiculous. Comedy, oh, my husband is half Australian and he is wedded to his comedy shirts. And 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 you'll you'll see them at barbecues. All these men will turn up, and all the wives are like, oh, he's wearing that shirt, and all those go nice, nice. And they've got teddy bears on it. Oh, Tabasco bottles, excellent. <laughs> So I think that that's kind of, I mean, I, I like the idea that I'm, I'm maybe, I may be kind of um, uh, lumbering through the undergrowth, blazing a trail for more stylishly dressed men to follow me. I was very proud of a pair of cherry red needle cords I had when I was maybe 17. And I remember, and I remember, um, I remember I bust the zip on them out at some club. So I 
got I got a shoelace and I I basically laced that in front of the crotch. Um, because, and it was like, well, that's good. That's, that's unusual. People Typical think man. Yeah. You'd, only, you'd only do it. You'd only do it. You would only do it if you planned to do it. There's no way you'd do that by accident. A normal human being would just go home. Yeah. And, you know, okay. Hands across the crotch, the crotch on the 22 bus. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and my, I think a large number of people would suggest that I've made some terrible choices. Donna Eyre. You know, I remember trying to go out on New Year one night in a silver fishnet dress over a silver bikini. And my dad went, you are not going out looking like that. I went, yeah, I am. He went, no, you're not. I said, I am. My taxi's outside. <laughs> Many dresses I couldn't get out of. You just, you know, you're in so tight. I've had to use all sorts of kitchen tools to get <laughs> myself. You know, barbecue tongs are a really good one. If you're coming home alone and there's nobody there to unzip that dress, barbecue tongs right down the back, um, they work. Yeah, that and a wire coat hanger. Yeah, that's a good one. The worst one, I think, was probably... <laughs> Oh gosh, it was probably around about the early noughties, late 90s. And I was hosting the red carpet at the Oscars for the big breakfast at the time. And I was so excited. I'd obviously spent weeks planning my outfit. And my sh as I was about to hit the red carpet, my shoe, I think the left shoe, the heel just completely broke. So I had no shoe, it wouldn't stay on my foot. It had like a perspex strap. So I literally had no shoes as I'm about to go down the red carpet at the Oscars. So what do you do? Did you kind of balance on one shoe or did you take the other one off? Well, no, because would I would have looked ridiculous hobbling on one shoe. So I thought, oh, what am I going to do? I was trying to ask members of the crew, you know, did they have shoes? But it was a pretty male-heavy crew, so there wasn't any high heels going. And what I had in my bag in the van was a really old pair of, do you remember that crazy shop, Voyage? Yes, that you the had one this... in the 90s, it was ridiculously overpriced. It yeah, you had to become a member to be allowed in there. Yeah, well, I went through a stage where I thought it was really cool that I could get yeah. a piece. You know, every time I got my MTV paycheck, I'd run to Voyage and buy a jacket. And I had these crazy, flowery, very, it was Voyage was very flamboyant and very over the top. Um, and I had these slippers these flowery, floral, wacky slippers. So I had to go and do the red carpet in those. But it was quite creative and inventive, I thought. Oh, my God, Donna. Michael Simpkins. The only time that most jobbing actors get a really decent outfit is when it's made for them or bought for them for a show and they're able to buy it afterwards. So that my must be a period dramas, like The Crown. Well, yeah the, trouble with period, yeah, the trouble with period dramas is, of course, it looks absolute shite when you wear it in the street. You know, buckled shoes and leggings are lovely in a 17th century drama. You don't want to try them down West Hampstead High no. Street, no. no. So, um, therefore, and the other thing is that because in my career I played a lot of what are called rather stolid types, like unsuspecting husbands and people who wear socks with sandals and do a lot of gardening and uh, it means that even if I can buy the items after the show is over they're usually 
They, I usually shit, like you a don't want them. Terrible dad in them. Do you tie your own bow tie? No, um, I'm going to name drop a bit here now. Um, the person who taught me to tie my own bow tie was John Malkovich. I did a play with him in the West End. I couldn't tie my own yeah. bow tie. He said, I'm, I think you need to tie your own bow tie. I don't think you should have a pre-tied one. So I'm going to help you to learn how to tie it. I mean, wardrobe malfunctions in theatre are obviously infamous because they happen all the time because it is... It is, uh, you know, I remember once doing an Akebourne play, simple thing, sat down in my pair of slacks and my little tootle shirt doing an Akebourne play round a kitchen table, a, a garden table, one of those little patio sets. My belt, some the back of my belt got caught on the wrought iron of this chair. But when I had to get up, I was dragging this garden chair round by my arm. <laughs> that this, is perfection. Okay, that is perfection. Oh. all the time they yeah. have all the time out of the blue I so you get, you get very adept at being able to busk it many years ago i played cowardly lion in the wizard of oz at the connaught theater worthing and um i don't know who made the cowardly lion costume but i think somewhere in worthing there was a ford escort without any seat covers because it was the most awful thing made out of fun fur it it it, it I, I was doing two shows a day in this thing I was sweating so much that I think by the end of the run, I was the only case of trench foot in the southeast since the end of the first world. <laughs> and at the end of the run, we had to take this thing out with tongs. It stank. <laughs> Daisy May Cooper. There's nothing worse than having a PR person going, do you want to take some pictures of, of Daisy now? And they're kind of like, I mean, sure, okay. I mean, we can. <laughs> that that is fucking humiliating. Yeah. And then you get all this buzz over someone else, and then it yeah. gets the next door going shh, and you're just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some kind of solitary person with an iPhone taking more photos. Oh my god! That do you want any more? And then they just go <laughs> no. <laughs> That is fucking humiliating. And that is why I fucking hate those things. I hate them. Yeah, I'm so, so embarrassing. I'm, it's so, I, yeah, it's horrendous, horrendous, horrendous. But have you ever had, Daisy, on one of those occasions that you must have, or something like that, where you've had a wardrobe malfunction? Oh, I've had many wardrobe malfunctions. But the worst one was I was wearing, um, I decided to wear bin bags for dress. Yeah, for the last yeah, yeah, and I had no. I first of all, I was in. I was trying to get it on, and I had this kind of cape that was <laughs> full of like crisp packets and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And we yeah. were in the hotel, the Mondrian, that was across the road from the Baftas. And so everybody gets like a you. You, you everybody kind of gets changed in there, and I was. <laughs> And I was getting my dress on and Steve Coogan came out and took one look at me and he just, and he, his face was just absolute disgust. And he just went, Christ, like that. And that was horrific. And that was, I, I was such a huge fan of his. So that, yeah. that was one of the worst things. And then we finally got onto the red carpet and I was sweating in it. My bin bags are just the worst. You know, that under, I couldn't wear a bra with it. So they Why? would, because it the straps would show, oh, and I know. Okay, yeah. And then, 
so I was sweating and then I was and I was having to sit in it for the whole of the fucking thing and Deborah fucking Meaden and the other dragons then lot were behind me and she, every now and again she'd kind of lean in and say aren't you hot in that thing and I think do you know what why don't you just fuck off she kept doing that through the whole fucking <laughs> Thing. And I was getting crosser and crosser and crosser. I thought, God, just focus on yourself and stop fucking tittering away. And, and every now and again, she'd sort of whisper to Peter or whatever his fucking name was. And I think it was like being back at fucking school. But we could two multi-millionaires behind you. It was tremendous. I used to sort of shove get these really tight tops. I, I would wear two bras and oh, then... I do, two bras. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I wear two bras, a minimizer and then another one on top. Well, I actually, I didn't have tits then, so I only wore two bras to make it look like I had tits. So it was like a gel bra, then another bra, then I'd put socks down there. Then I would have kind of like a... I had this kind of corset it was like a denim corset that had a zip up which looked made my non-existent tits look amazing then i'd get some eyeshadow brown eyeshadow and outline that's like a, this that's so <laughs> creative really. calculated yeah that's genius but fucking mental so then i went out clubbing once and I was getting a bit hot and heavy with this guy on the dance floor and he went down and he pulled a sock out and said what is this what a and my, my, I know what a fucking asshole and I had certain I used to wear these long hair extension ponytails <laughs> and I had a bloke just take it out as I was walking to the bar and then throw it on the dance floor which is horrendous and really, really embarrassing why am I fucking telling you all this <laughs> Dame's Andre Rhodes. This is one of my favourite brooches by Andrew Logan. Wow. Um, I mean, he's always done the jewellery for my he's done the jewellery for my shows, and I always find a handy piece of jewellery always decorates things, you know. I mean, and that is so not handy, that bit of jewellery. That's like a sort of wearing a painting. It's huge. You know, oh yes, and you can pin a scarf or you can, you know, it, it means you've got a bit of decoration, even yeah. if you're in something as basic, may I say, as a t-shirt. Oh, never ever go out without makeup. Yeah. I sleep with my makeup on, I wash you it in the morning. You do not. I do. <gasps> what are your pillows like? And then I make myself up again in the morning. This is called my wardrobe malfunction. Sandra, so I was wondering whether you ever in your esteemed career have had a wardrobe malfunction. Well, I had a really serious malfunction. When I first, um, I lived part of the time in San Diego where my partner who had been the president of Warner Brothers um, worldwide um, decided to retire and I went to this very grand ball and I was in one of our wonderful it was when I was doing very exotic crinolines and it was all woven in, in um, the top was all woven in ribbons and then there was a big crinoline skirt. No sooner had I nearly got up to dance, 
then the whole of the zip went all the way down the back. Well, luckily I had a magical shawl, but I then had to sort of like say, we're going to have to leave this very early and walk out backwards because there was no way I could even hold the bodice. It was already flapping at the front. <laughs> so, did anyone, how many people saw it pop? Oh, I don't, I don't know if anyone did. I mean, or I always, I always assume people don't notice, you know, if you've got pink hair, they probably notice the pink hair and they miss the details. Yes. So that's all right. And I mean, I, I just had to say, walk out closely behind me and we'll go out by the side of the room. <laughs> and, oh gosh. That, that was a terrible feeling. Oh, Anton Dubeck. I mean, the whole Strictly thing, you know, let's be honest. You were never, ever, ever, with all the will in the world, going to make a dance with me. You, I'll tell you what, you do yourself a disservice because you, you were all right. I think the, the fear and the nerves of show day uh, got to you. Uh, more than the dancing because in the studio when we in the studio when we were alone just dancing you and I there was there was inspirational moments moments <laughs> of pure talent <laughs> you're so full of shit <laughs> and then lunch which I enjoyed all the professionals I say hand on heart are the most amazing people they all are but some are you know, they're young, they're young. So I felt really blessed having someone with more maturity who, who I knew yeah. would be safe. And that's, that's absolutely what you did. Even though you couldn't teach me to dance, you were shit at teaching me to well, dance. You, and I, well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> some people are unteachable. Even the Titanic sunk, you know what I mean? So what <laughs> And you'd come wow. in and say, oh, I've just dyed it now, or I've had a bit of a transplant. And you were just so open about everything. Well, it's funny actually because a couple of years ago, I had I had the I had a bit of a crop rotation upstairs, and a bit of hair moved about. You know, I didn't jiggle yeah. about. Uh, from Morris in in Dublin and his wonderful team over there, and it's one of those things that years ago when I was growing up, if you had people didn't do hair transplants back in the day, it was all syrups and and you know thatches and weaves and. Yeah. The Irish upstairs, you know, the Irish. What was the first the syrups? The syrup. Yeah, no, the old, uh, you know, the old... Oh, toupees. Toupees. And, um, and, of course, you could spot them a mile off. And, it, you know, it was one of those things where it, it was, it was, there was a stigma attached, essentially, you know. And, and, and you were basically, if you walked into a room with a toupee on, you were sort of waiting for people to go... Hello, have you seen yeah. it over there? Four o'clock, and then you and you'd have and people would laugh at you and laugh at it, and you either took it or you'd have a sort of internal crisis and a probably a mental breakdown. But now life is so sort of accepting, and and life's changed in in, in a number of ways. The worst thing you can do with any of these things, I've always felt, is to go into a room and say, "No, no, no, I haven't had it done," and everyone goes, well, "Of course you've had it done." No, you're so right. Well, just say I've had it done. It's like when the ladies have, you know, once upon a time the girls were having a boob job and they wouldn't say anything, and and people would go, "Hello, have had your boobs done?" And they go, "No, I've not had my boobs. It's all or a face. I've never, I haven't had any work done." What are you talking yeah. about any work? I've had your face ironed. Deborah Meaden. We met how many years ago was it? One and only time, didn't we? It yeah. was 
Gosh. It was about 15 years ago, do you think? No, 13 years ago. About years 13 ago. years ago. It's my early days on Dragon's Den, I think. Yeah, so exactly. 12, 13 years ago, yeah. Crazy. It was very, I remember I had to get up really, really early in the morning. I remember, I always remember early morning starts. I am rubbish in the morning. So yeah. I remember this. I'm surprised. I would have thought you'd be good in the morning rubbish do you know it's funny people kind of think when you're in business you get up and get the early bird catches the worm i have never i don't get up until about half past eight nine o'clock and then i wander around the garden with a cup of tea and i never have an important call or business meeting for 11 o'clock because i am rubbish don't you think that the best compliment you can get is oh my goodness you look so well yes yes because that you see, that's what you want. That's what I want to do. I don't want my clothes to look amazing. <laughs> I just want people that you look really well. You know, yeah. as long as they don't mean you've clearly been eating too much. Because that they, when people say you look really well, they can mean that too. Or it, yeah. you look well. That's <laughs> not the same. So, in my desire to be different <laughs> when I was younger, um, I, I. Bought myself, well, saying it, you'll you'll imagine them. Um, some pink satin harem pants. How old were you? Nineteen. Okay. Still should have known better. No. I still should have known better. Okay. Um, and even at the time, you know, when you're buying something and you're buying them because you think that they're going to be, you know, that's going to be, oh, that's their day. I've never seen those. The reason yeah. I've never seen them is nobody will wear them. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen those before, <laughs> so I bought them and I wore them. And, oh my, once, <laughs> once, and I was getting a lot of looks, and I realised it wasn't for the right reason, so I never yeah. wore them again. I think you have to have balls to really, genuinely not worry too much, which I think yeah. you do, clearly yeah. don't. Yeah, <laughs> clearly don't. <laughs> my thank you, Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> it was going so well. <laughs> Ashley Roberts. Have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction? Yeah. You must have had. Well, actually, I mean, funny enough, I had one where we were on the Strictly Tour, and it was just one of my little strappy bits had unhooked itself. And you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good about that. But I think I'd been on the road. It was one of like the last ones. And I remember looking at Posh and I was like, I can't finish the in here. I had to actually physically hold it together because the last thing I would want is in this strictly audience to showcase a little titty. I don't think the, the parents would be too fond of that. So, so I was trying to keep the girls in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that happened. And then there was a few with the dolls, you know, where just stuff kind of starts. I got my microphone around my boot one time and I couldn't get the off my boot. And I'm like sitting on the side, like trying to get that undone. Um, Kimberly actually got her necklace stuck one time to her boot and was literally like, what? yeah. No. Yeah. And almost choking her because she's trying to get off. It was on a live show. So, I mean, there's definitely been a few wardrobe malfunctions in our, yeah. our day. Steph McGovern. Um, and Steph, what's your worst wardrobe malfunction? Oh man, I've, I have had quite a few, you know. So what's the worst? My, I, I'm going to tell you two because they're both okay. horrendous. So one is on stage at a conference, new tights. I'd been encouraged at the. I bought the tights at the airport because I'd, I'd must have been. I must have flown from Newcastle to London or something, and. Um, bought Wolford tights so obviously posh tights 
uh, and I was like, right, I'm going to treat myself. The woman had talked me into buying a medium and not a large. She was like, honestly, you're a medium. And I was like, normally I wear a large. And she was like, no, 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 medium, medium. So I bought them. They were lovely, sheer tights. I'm on stage and I could feel them just rolling down and down and down. And I couldn't, I couldn't pull them up. I'm in an odd. It was about a thousand people in front of me. And so I, I couldn't work out what to do. So I was just sitting there trying to not let them roll anymore. And then I had to stand up because... <laughs> But, you know, it come to the point where I had to thank the guests. And, and they just rolled to my knees. You like, literally, it was the most... Freaking so I was, And I crossed my legs, hoping that no one would see. So I stood up with my legs crossed. But, of course, that then was allowing them to roll even more. So I, I was like, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And I was like, what am I? So I had to stand and I stood there until pretty much everyone had left the room because I could. And I was saying, thanks, everyone. See you back after the break. Thinking, just get out of the room. Just get out, everyone. And then people were coming forward to the stage to have a chat with me or have a selfie. And I was like, I'm really. And in the end, I just went, listen, everybody, my tights are falling down. I'm just going to get round the back and pull them up. So. Oh, my God. That is like, you can't have anything worse than that. That's classic. What's the other one? Yeah, I know, I know. And I was raging with that woman who convinced me to buy a medium because I, all I kept thinking was, if I'd have been one large, I wouldn't be having this. It's fine. Yeah. All, so the other one is, just before I was about to go on air in, in the breakfast studio, um, the sound man was just trying to uh, fix the microphone on. And I had one of my dresses on and he, and this was about 20 seconds before we are about to go live, I was like, come on, just get the zip up now. We haven't got time for this. And he pulled the zip and he ripped the entire dress. So the whole zip came off its um, seams. Yeah. And it just, and my whole dress just went ping. And then it was about 10 seconds. So I was just like, throw me some gaffer tape. And literally, and I had to stand like in a way so you couldn't see. And he literally just quickly gaffer taped the back of my dress. And I did the whole bulletin without. With, oh. with basically gaffer tape holding me together. But things like that happen all the time. Yeah. On ten. Christopher Biggins. When I think about the pantomimes that I do, my, I, my, the secret of my pantomime dame is every entrance I have a new costume. And they're like sets. They're huge. And they make people <laughs> laugh. You know, as soon as I come on, people laugh. I mean, it's yeah. wonderful. What's the most outrageous um, outfit you've ever worn? Not as a costume. Right. As a, well, I tell you, I did a series years and years ago uh, with Scylla Black called Surprise, Surprise. Which and Scylla, yeah. uh, every week, had to have a new dress. That was part of her deal. So I had to have a new suit every week. And um, I had uh, various tailors, but I had a, a, a pink suit made um by oh um, i can't forget his name now he was uh, he was part of the beatles designer no. uh wonderful oh, um, fish what? uh tommy no oh no. tommy tommy fish tommy nutter tommy nutter tommy nutter tommy nutter that's the one yeah and tommy nutter was absolutely divine and he made me a pink suit but what was so wonderful about this pink suit was it was so subtle now, you can't say, you say, I say to you, I'd like to wear a pink suit. You think, well, that can't be subtle. 
this was subtle. It was the most gorgeous fabric. It was the most wonderful fabric. And also it was the most wonderful color. It wasn't a sort of salmon pink. It was less than that. And it was just, I adored it. And I kept it for years and years and years. And eventually I had to throw it away because it, it just lost everything. And I couldn't find another replacement from anywhere. I mean, it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant suit. And I, I've got a, a, a wonderful Izzy Mayaki, really big black trousers, um, which are, are, are wonderful. And, and, and then on top, there's a sort of coat which goes right down to the ankles in black and white. And it's really fabulous. It's very striking, you know, it's, yeah. it's outrageous. Now, when I was younger, um, I was brought up in Salisbury in Wiltshire and uh, I, when I was I think I was about 15 14 and 15 and I used to go shopping with my mother and my mother wouldn't sit stand next to me she either I had to walk, either walk in front of her or walk behind <laughs> I used to wear a full-length blue caftan no you were how old I was 14 15 I, if I was next door to you I'd be high-fiving you that's Fabulous. I well, love I, it, you I, for that. I'm glad you thought so, Susanna, but my mother didn't. She had other views on it. But it was wonderful and I loved, I loved it. Georgia Toffolo. Without my doggy, I don't know what I would have done, to be honest. Yeah. Just gives me purpose. <laughs> what make is he? Oh, God knows. He's meant to be a King Charles Cavalier, but he's got supermodel long legs. Yeah. And his snout is quite long. And he's so athletic, so I think he might be crossed with a Cocker Spaniel, but I quite like that, I don't know. But I've, yeah, exactly. um, I swapped his cheek a couple of weeks ago, and it's been sent off to Denmark, so I'm going to know next week. What, to see <laughs> if he's got COVID? No, <laughs> to see what breed he is. Oh. <laughs> I was in LA covering the Oscars for this oh, morning. And it, it was my big moment. Fantastic. But yeah. ITV, it was amazing. It was like a massive mega job. And I was wearing this Alexandra, is it Alexandra Rich or Rich? Alexandra <laughs> Rich. Right, so yeah. it's over here, it was so beautiful. And it had these beautiful cream arms and there was a bit of shoulder showing. And nice. we've been up all night because of the time difference yeah. with the UK. And I was so tired and right at the end of the shot, I punched my arms in the air and both of the arms just came off. <laughs> of this like poor brand rented dress it was so bad <laughs> was that on camera there. did it, it happen all on camera, camera. Ah! yeah all on camera i gotta try and find yeah. that it's so good it was very funny and then i got back to london we had to return it to this dress rental company my poor assistant sat there going i know it'll be okay i'm, I'm oh. sure i can get them back on oh my goodness yeah. skin you sang Happy Birthday for um, Nelson Mandela. Yeah, in South Africa, his 80th birthday with Stevie. Stevie mm. Wonder was playing keyboards and I was doing lead and Michael Jackson was doing backup. <laughs> oh yes, that's my girl. The last time we played Brixton Academy, my trousers were ripped in half down the back. I had to oh. go and change them again. One of the worst ones actually, because things Falling apart on stage is kind of okay. It just makes the gig more fun. Actually, I think it's when I met you, it was actually at David Furnish's 40th birthday party in Venice. Yeah. And I borrowed this beautiful leather McQueen dress, which was really beautifully fitted and had a little puff sleeve. And it looked absolutely lovely. And I don't know if you complimented on it. And actually, it was a very feminine, it was a very feminine yeah. shape, wasn't it? Like... Shape, but leather. Yeah. And 
then we were sitting in that room and it was absolutely boiling and literally halfway through the meal I thought oh my god I'm sweating through the leather and I could feel it and I looked down and I could just see it was like a burgundy color and I could see a huge burgundy darker ring under the arms and I'm and I think for me you know you're sitting in a room and you've, you're sitting in a room of just celebrity after celebrity I was sitting next to David LaChapelle yeah. and I was sitting there thinking oh my god I'm a huge by the time the thing was over I literally had these big huge kind of wet welts under my arms and I was just like oh what can I do what can you do I was, I was really kind of like this is not the place that I was because I'm not really a sweaty person at all no, no. Up until the yeah, that's bad because with leather, if it had been if it had been PVC, you would have sweated more, but it would have been fine. It would have almost shown, and it wasn't. It, you can't go to the loo and dry it out. It's yeah, just going to be like that for hours. When it dries out, it's just going to have a white line around it. Yeah. Oh so that was probably my most horrendous fashion. Yeah. I mean, I've had many, but that's the one I'm yes. like mortified about. Even now, even when I think about it now, I'm like, ah. Jake Shears. You are a prolific reader. I love reading. And you've read virtually every single book no, on the planet, no, apart no. from mine, one of your best friends, <laughs> with toil, blood, sweat and tears. You know, I sent I've you copies to read. Have you okay. read one fucking word? Yes. No. Yes. You are such a liar. You are such a liar. Remember there was one time when you'd lost yourself quotation marks and you'd you'd legged it to berlin to go and rediscover oh, your mojo yeah and i came to stay with you yes and um i remember we went to you said okay we're going to this club and i was like great and uh and i got dressed and you just looked at me and you went no really no fucking way was that like, no. and i had to change about 15 times because what was the club we were going to? It was the laboratory in Bergheim, which, like, I can't believe... I mean, it's, like, definitely, like, a no-woman zone mm -hmm. for the most part. So, like, it's a miracle that we got you in there in the first place. And then, and then you came, you left for a while, and I, I didn't know where you were. And, like, eventually you came back and you were, like... You, you said to me, you're, like, I've just been, like, relaxing and been laying in this amazing hammock that's in there. You... It's it's in the next room. I've just been chilling out, and I'm like, and then I'm like, Susanna, that's not a hammock. It was just like a full sex thing. <laughs> 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 This is like a gay, it was a gay sex club. It was a sex club, club. yeah. yeah it was a, a it, it, and I was the only woman there. You were the only woman there. And uh, I'm a relaxing I'm a, yeah, and I'm a true fag hag. I'd never felt so. I thought, oh my god, I'm going to be fine, and then walked in past these sort of swags of toilet roll and kitchen roll to mop up with afterwards. And yeah. Scat night. No, that's so, it's, it's, that place is like intense. Hardcore. It's intense. It's but a little hardcore from from for me. Yeah. First, you, know. you just left me there. You disappeared. I did. That, you did. You just it. left oh, me there please. on my own. You were you wandered off and were lay, <laughs> laying in a ha relaxing in a hammock. That <laughs> <I> was. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was one of the best nights of my life. It was really say. fun. We had a good time. Yeah, we did. I think we were out late. Yeah, we were out till about six o'clock in the morning. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. There's two pretty bad ones. 
Can I see, can I yeah. go through two of them? One was, uh, we were, this is before we, this is probably, I don't know, the year we met. Okay, which is what, about 15 years ago? About 15 years ago, yeah. and Elton had taken scissors out for some shows to the UK countryside. Mm -hmm. We probably like five shows with him. And my mom had come, and we were opening for Elton, and I had a pair of black, really thin leather pants. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it, but they had split while I was singing, and I was wearing underwear. <laughs> and I looked down, and one of my balls is just <laughs> hanging out of the front of the seam. Like, it wasn't like the zipper, it was like below the zipper of the seam. It's it's a little split. squidged ball. A squidged ball was like hanging out, and I had just been out there singing <laughs> uh, to thousands of people. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how long it had been out, but it had, it was out. It was out there. Uh, on stage, I looked down and and. Uh, but you, I bet you didn't care less. I bet you were thrilled that that had happened. I thought it was funny. I no, no. I announced to the crowd. I was like, "I'm so sorry if you just saw my scrotum <laughs> hanging out of my pants. I didn't realize they were they were busted." So there was that, and then we played a show at the Bataclan in Paris. Uh, years ago, and it was in, this, in the, the, the dead of summer, and it was so hot. I think it was like 115 degrees Fahrenheit on stage. Like, they took the, I don't know what that would be in Celsius, but it was so, there was a heat wave. I mean, it was, it was the hot, it was so hot that they had a, the crew had a, a tub of ice water on the side of the stage that they were dipping towels in. Oh Between God. songs, I was going to the side of the stage, and they were laying ice towels on my head wow. to, to just to keep me cool. So I had like steam coming off of me. I took off all my clothes and I just wear, I mean, I would, I just wear like ratty Calvin Klein yeah. underwear. Like, you, you know, my underwear is years old. Yeah. Like I, there's holes in them. Like it's really bad. And I had just like a, you know, a stretched out ratty <laughs> pair of Calvin's on underneath my stage outfit. It was so hot, and so I was just out there performing in You're my right. in, in my underwear and just sweating, 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 sweating. Steam coming off of my body, and there is a photograph. Someone took a picture of me singing my brains out with my nuts just <laughs> hanging out <laughs> in front of my in front of a whole concert. I'm just completely singing with my balls out. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I don't know, I can't, I was, I didn't know what else to do, I mean, I was just like, I, mean, I was just getting I was through just it, hot. but you know, I got another funny story from that night, because this is amazing, Jane Fonda had come to that show mm. that night, and she's just an absolute icon for, to me, she's, I've been obsessed with her, her and Dolly, so her and Dolly, and Lily, I mean, just the 95 mm. cast in general, those are like the, the trifecta, um, and, and, and Jane and I had become friends, and she was there with her boyfriend. And the whole show, the show was so hot that I was like, I, I just kept thinking, like, while I was on stage, I was like, oh, my God, I, they must have left. Like, it's way too hot in here for, like, I, I you know, what are they going well, through? Like, thing. it's so hot. Like, I don't know how anybody could handle it. Got off stage. Not only did they not leave, but after the show, 
Jane comes around the corner, sopping wet. She's completely wet. She's had the time of her life. She's not wearing a bra. And her, like, shirt, it was just, like, full-on wet t-shirt contest with her tits out, loud and proud, and she didn't give a fuck. She was just... <laughs> had so much fun with her tits out. It was a, uh, it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you're so cool. God. She was just like, uh, it was a special moment. Yeah. Katie Piper. I had two kids. You know, one's six, one's two, and I lost the baby weight, and I trained bloody hard. You know, there was no secret easy diet. It was literally waking up, running. And sweating and just hideous cardio and stuff and I had this dress that was my old pre-baby size for it was for a red carpet event and I was determined to wear it and it was uh, zipped down the back and it was it was a beautiful it was a good brand it wasn't even a crappy brand and as soon as I got in the taxi to go to the event the event was red carpet at a hotel as soon as I bent down like that the whole zip edge split away from the fabric because I was just too wide, you know, and I was just yeah. like, oh my God. And I was alone, alone with, with a hair updo. So that, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, I had to go in, I was in Addison Lee, and I had to get him to drive me to a different hotel where there's no photographers. I had to go in and ask this lovely woman on reception to come into the loose with me and sew me into this dress of a hotel crappy sewing kit. She sewed me in. I went to the event, didn't wear pictures, stayed for like, politely 30 minutes talking to everyone left had to stay in a hotel that night because of work and then couldn't get the bloody thing off because she'd done this real she'd done a really good job so <laughs> too good a job so slept in the whole thing and then in the morning the people I was working with turned up at the hotel I had to ring them and say can you come into my room and rip me out of this dress it was on for like practically one night one day yeah Ruth Davidson when I first got elected, I was once invited down to one of these horrible things you have to do um, to help raise money for political parties, uh, a party fundraiser in London, and it was cocktail dress. And it turns out that what my idea of a cocktail dress is and what people in a very fashionable, very rich, smart set of London's idea of what a cocktail dress is completely different. And I felt like somebody's country cousin. All I was missing was the stalk of corn coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and I just felt, I just felt horrendous. What and were I, you wearing? What were you wearing? I, I, was, I was wearing like, just a little black dress sort of to, to knee length and stuff which I, I thought was what a cocktail dress I, I don't go to many cocktail parties I have to say it wasn't really part of my um like my life before this um but you know I, there was an awful lot of people that were wearing very very stylish things and not something that was bought from the high street for 50 quid you know yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe I didn't accessorize enough maybe that's what I should have done no, because uh, a little look at someone like Audrey Hepburn you know she lived and died in a little black dress and she was considered the most stylish person in the world yeah I'm not Audrey Hepburn <laughs> you always wear great lipstick and you do your eyes really well and you pluck your eyebrows you've got good shape eyebrows I do pluck my eyebrows because I'm so dark that if I don't you know I, I can kind of I can become the third Gallagher pretty quickly if I don't <laughs> the two questions which I hate more than fucking anything are where did you go to school and what what does your father do? Do you know, like, I'd never, ever had those questions until Freshers Week at university. And people were like, what schools do you go to? I was like, well, 
I don't think you'll ever have heard of it, but came in yeah. high school, you know. Uh, and I remember this one kind of thing that they do at Edinburgh where you, like, at the end of Freshers' Week, you climb this this big mountain called Arthur's Seat in the middle of the city and watch the sunrise and all this sort of thing. And I was up there doing that with hundreds of other freshers, and there was some chap with, you know, tassily loafers and a signet ring on his pinky, you know, the type in the pink shirt. That's like um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, like, I, I don't even know if this is true, but I just have this distinct memory of him going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, my father was captain of the ship that sunk the Belgrano. And I'm going, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really boast about that, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is, uh, I think, a not hideous, um, sort of bottle green... Uh, Sort of Beautiful colour for you. A cowl neck sheath dress. And this yeah. was a bridesmaid's dress. I was a bridesmaid for a very good friend of mine who lived in Adelaide in Australia. Um, because I was living in Scotland, um, she sent, and the other bridesmaids were all to the four winds, she sent a bolt of fabric over and said, just, we're going to have all the bridesmaids in this fabric, get a dress made that, that you want to wear. And it doesn't matter if they're all different. Um, we will... Never. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so, so yeah. lovely. Um, and because she'd been living in, in Scotland uh, before she got engaged, and because there was lots of people flying over from Scotland and other countries to Australia, rather than have the turn up for the wedding, um, speak to the bride and groom for five minutes as they go round, uh, and then they jump off on their honeymoon, and all these people that have flown three and a half thousand miles don't actually see them. What they chose to do, which was lovely, was they had us all over three weeks before the wedding. The wedding yeah. was all started. We all went on a road trip. All the, all the Brits, with them for three weeks around the country. Oh, uh, lovely. We went to the, the Wine Valley. We went uh, short, um, uh, red snapper fishing in Coffin Bay. We, we, you know, we, we had this lovely, lovely time of three weeks on holiday. And then we got to the morning of the wedding and I put the dress on, except I couldn't. Didn't what? fit. <laughs> didn't fit. I'd had three weeks on the lash. <laughs> you and were too much stormies and yeah, yeah, all, all of that sort of thing uh, so, yeah, completely and, and like not wearable like as in not even like sausage links <laughs> what was fantastic oh yeah because my, my weight is barometers up and down it's really easy to put on weight and hard to take it off in but, three um, weeks though well maybe a month <laughs> What? Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, you can. it's not hard to put on half a stone yeah. of leaks. And if it's a sheath dress, it's not going to yeah. be pretty. So the morning of my friend's wedding, and I feel I still feel guilty about this, I'd also got a, like a wrap, a kind of stole to wear over my arms. Yeah. We took a set of shears. We went straight up the back of the dress. And the bride's mother and the bride's auntie sewed the stole in as a panel at the back. And you can actually see here. So they should have been looking forward to their daughter's wedding. They are sewing a panel into a dress for one of the like Scottish bridesmaids that couldn't turn down a sausage sandwich. Isn't that the worst dress story you've ever heard? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sarah Parrish. Really sweetly sent a photograph in of, in of yourself with Amanda Holden. Yes. I don't know how many years ago. Is that your what you class as your wardrobe malfunction? I've got a few, and that was the only one. Um, that was the only one I had a picture of. Okay. <laughs> um, that one was we hadn't discussed what we were going to wear, and we were going to the um, premiere of We Will Rock You. You know the mm-hmm. Queen musical in the West End. And I don't know why. I kind of thought, oh, I, I'll go in. Um, <laughs> I'll go in this tiny little denim skirt, a see-through white blouse with a white bra underneath <laughs> with my great big boobs and then these awful um boots that I got from a shop in in Hampstead I don't know if it's still there but it's it's like a designer secondhand shop in Hampstead um where you can go and you can pick up things that you know uh, people have, 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 have sold to the shop and they were about two sizes too big for me but I love my <laughs> so I got they go right up to my thigh and they had sort of like a crisscross thing. I just thought I looked amazing. And then along, uh, Amanda Holden got out of the car behind me and she was also wearing this sort of like country and western. She had like a patchwork pair of jeans flares on mm-hmm. and a patchwork off the shoulder kind of denim, I don't know, top on. And we looked, we looked like, a really awful amateur country and western girl band. But you um, looked like you were going to kind of um, a Dolly Parton concert. Yeah, in the 80s. yeah. Was part of, I mean, was that what was your thinking I with that? Know. I don't costume? know. I think it was. I think it was going through that phase again. It was when I was. I hadn't quite sort of grown into the shape that I was. I didn't really know what I looked like, and it was the it was the era of Sienna Miller. You know, remember Sienna used to sort of mm-hmm. glide around Primrose Hill, didn't she? In like tiny little things and, yeah. you know, a little boot and a little this and a little mm-hmm. that and look absolutely gorgeous. So I thought, well, I'll put on a little, you know, this and a little that and I will look equally as gorgeous. But you, when you're five foot eight and like built like a Amazon, you know, <laughs> just mm-hmm. didn't quite pull it off. And then Amanda Holden, I don't know what she was thinking. She just sort of obviously found everything that, that, that looked like a patchwork quill in her in mm-hmm. her wardrobe and put it on, and uh, and together we just looked hilarious. But your, I have to say, your legs look fucking amazing. Yeah, that. the legs were good then. Yeah, I mean, they, they outstanding holding holding it together. And if, if only I wasn't covering them up with a thigh length boot. Thigh length boot, and then I think yeah, the the white bra underneath the see through <laughs> top is a real error. <laughs> It was a massive error. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole thing was a nightmare. And then, of course, we opened a peak the next day to find ourselves in the, um, is, was it freak or, freak or chic or hot or not? I can't remember. It was one of those. Mm. Anyway, we had a thumbs down. Oh, well done. Thumbs down, yeah. <laughs> I cut it out. I kept it. 
I was doing a show called Popcorn by Ben Elton, uh, which is very briefly, I'll describe a show about a Hollywood director who comes back on Oscar night uh, with some girl that he's picked up, some actress at the, uh, the Oscar party, and two psychopaths from Southern America have broken into <laughs> his house and, uh, and um, sort of run amok. Um, and towards the end of the play, um, the press are called and the police are there and, and, and they let two press in, a cameraman and a sound woman. But the psychopaths say they can only come in in their underwear just because we make sure they're not, you know, wearing a wire or anything like that. Um, so I chose the underwear that I wanted to wear for this part. And it was quite, you know, it was a very conservative, big sports bra almost made out of cotton and a big pair of cotton pants. Mm -hmm. And um, and we'd been doing the show for about a week and then a new wardrobe person arrived, a new girl that uh, to work in wardrobe. And she took my costume one night after the play and washed it on a boil wash and put it back in my dressing room. And I didn't ever put my costume on right until the last minute, till I was about to go on. And I got, got the costume about five minutes before I was about to go on. And it had shrunk. I mean, half. So the pants, the, the pants of like <laughs> the bra, uh, like the bra of a pixie, basically. And I didn't have anything else to put on. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> and kind of like squeezed in these tiny pants and put this tiny little bra on. And and, uh, and I was the, the sound woman, so I had like a boom. So I sort of edged myself on stage with the boom kind of like over my boobs and, and managed to get through the play and uh, like with everyone in the cast just in hysterics. Three of them were supposed to be, have been shot, so they were dead and you could see them like laughing on the stage. <laughs> and then uh, it got to the curtain call and we had to sort of bow and of course out came the boobs. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, it was just a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. The Reverend Richard Coles. Having read up quite a lot about you, of course I knew you by reputation and kind of this extraordinary life that you've, you've led, but I just, having known that and known you were in the communards and I never can say goodbye, and then to see you there with your dog collar, it's just, it's the most extraordinary thing. It, I suppose it seems like that to other people, but to me, it's just, yeah, it's just what yeah. happened. So my, my, my CV, I remember I had to submit my CV for something recently, and the woman said, this looks like the work of a fantasist. <laughs> um, and it does look like the work of a fantasist, but it is actually true. I once got the elastic on my manipole caught on a chalice and sent it flying across the altar of sacrifice, spilling the sacred blood. Well, okay, we had to sort of stop. What's a maniple? A maniple is a short, <laughs> it's like a small, it's like oh, a sort yes. of napkin that's worn over the right. It's very, very old fashioned, but we used oh, to wear yeah. them. So you have this embroidered thing, but it's fastened usually to a little button with a piece of elastic. And I got my elastic caught on the chalice and it went flying. That was bad. I'm the Chancellor of the University of Northampton, so I get to wear a Chancellor's robes. Now that, if you're dressy, is just... You look like crazy? a Time Lord. It's black and it's covered with gold and frogging and these things that hang off it and festoons. And you look... I think I look magnificent. Although my... I was a bit... When I remember I did a funeral a couple of years ago and the 
I was walking down the hill from the graveyard and I was wearing my cloak and my cassock and a beretta as well. Oh, and I, you know, dashing, yeah. Well, I was rather dashing and a bloke yeah. went past in a van and he leaned down and he went, Oi, fucking Dumbledore! <laughs> he <parried laughs> on his way. <laughs> so maybe I wasn't cutting quite the dash I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting so funny oh my god that's so funny they just i mean people in vans and on and men on building sites they just have a well once i was walking down the street and this i heard this wolf whistle and so coming from this building site so i turned around they went no not you love (laughs) i have a friend who was who was walking down the street in yorkshire and uh, he was wearing a cassock and everything, but he was with his wife. And so they're walking down arm in arm, early one morning, him all dressed up, very sort of clerically. And somebody went past, leant out and shouted at her, Oi, monk whore! For months, for years, that monkle. Oh my god, that is stupid. Nicola Benedetti. Now, I really hope, Nikki, that you have had a wardrobe malfunction whilst performing. Please tell me you have. Yes, I've had. I've had two major ones, um, and then many other like many ones yes um so the the first was i was wearing a dress this was when i was really quite young and playing in a church oh no oh dear oh um, i I, so so i i was um wearing a dress that was like a low back and i had bought a bodysuit to go underneath the dress that was meant um, so what i didn't realize was that the the bodysuit was like made to go with the dress beautiful dress red dress um and what i didn't realize was that there were little hook clips that were meant to have attached onto the straps of the bodysuit so that the straps of the dress didn't dress very well made dress it must have been expensive to have had that feature i think yeah it was like you know it was an it was like a buy for me at the time it's like this is my concert dress and I started playing a piece which is Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto and um, you don't stop playing for about 10 minutes like you never you don't even put your 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 bow down at any point for a single second so once you start playing you're in that your hands are occupied I am within about like a minute this side just started you know bit by bit so by the time I got to the first time I could stop play, I could take my bow off the string um the the whole I mean thank goodness I was actually wearing a bodysuit though like, imagine, like imagine, you know well I would have just stopped because I would have been naked on the stage and um, it was like like hat like literally down like this and the 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 strap was like down here um and to the point where um uh like all the members of the orchestra were like scrambling around to see what they could do to help so of course when I stopped playing I then 
rolled it, you know, rolled the strap inside the thing, yeah, like, and then that twisted it. The same thing happened again. So between the first and second movements, the piece does stop, and somebody from the audience had to give me a, a safety pin um, to to. And my sister came to the concert, and she brought three of her of her friends. They were crying with laughter like in the concert and they were like about three or four rows away from me and the and the next story i'll tell really quickly is is um i was this was an amanda wakely dress that i had worn to death and it was just gorgeous like had um just like uh where is that like top of your thighs basically and um, it was an insert a chiffon insert and the the whole dress kind of came out like this at the back and it was oh it was just gorgeous uh, that was also a burnt orange color and um i it it had been tearing slightly for some time and uh i decided about an hour before this particular performance that you that it was i, I should try to do something with sticky tape to like just kind of secure it in place. The concert was just violin and piano. And so I was faffing about with this tape. Um, and I had said to the the guy that I was playing the concert with, you know, does this look okay? He was like, I'm, I'm really not sure that looks great. We had to go up the stairs to go onto, onto the stage. As I was walking up the stairs, he came up after me. He stood on the back of the chiffon dress, pulled no. the whole thing down. There was like a hole like about <laughs> oh, this big at the back. So we had to then postpone the concert. Like we were like, I can't go on stage with a hole that big. Um, and I ended up then, I mean, it was too late to sew. We couldn't find a sewing kit. I ended up with this like cluster of sticky tape at the back of my dress walked on stage with it like that I was playing a piece on my own at the beginning I became so concentrated that I decided to close my eyes and I closed and the piece, the piece is like 45 minutes long and I opened my eyes after maybe 20 minutes and unbeknown to me I had been slowly turning round so by the time I opened my eyes the the my back was like halfway to the audience and I, I as I opened my eyes I saw this guy kind of going like this like, <laughs> like, like, turning, and I had like literally <laughs> turned like halfway through to the anyway the whole thing was just an absolute disaster oh um, so God. like those are just two of the most extreme stories but as you can imagine there's been many many more Lulu Marion when I went to a gig once and I Oh, I forgot my bra, the, the right colour bra for the outfit. And I think you could probably have seen something, but not a lot, because as I just mentioned, coming from Scotland, maybe prudish is a good word. Yeah. But also very also good. very, very naive. Naive is an even better word. Naive and sort of holding on, holding on tight, even though I was out in the world. Everybody in the world in the 60s was, was throwing their bras off. Yes. I held on to mine so tight. I held on to mine so tight. So there am I trying to control everything. The bra had to go with the outfit. And I said to Marion, oh, my bra, I've left my bra. I haven't got the right bra. And she looked at me very calmly, you know, with a beautiful accent in her Chanel, you know, with her very, very sleek brown, thick brown hair. And her pearls, you know. She said, why don't you go on without a bra? <laughs> I mean, I had never heard anything so disgusting, so 
absolute, can you believe? I was 16 at the time, probably. <laughs> and are you nuts? Me? Me? I what the bloody deal was that, you know? But I just was, my mother used to wrap herself in a, a, a what do you call it? a girl? Not a girdle. What did she call it? But it was a girdle, you know? She was yeah. wrapped up in that. She wore big, big bras that looked like, well, they called them liberty bodices at the time. I okay. mean, so I never wore anything kind of sexy and small like all the other girls. I was in a bra, proper bra. So the fact that she suggests I reveal these two little chachabingas, which were really not that big then, they have got bigger, was the most horrifying experience so for me did to go, you go out without a bra. Did you did you perform without a bra? I did. Okay. It was it was I was sweating because she was such a kind and obviously had a lot of common sense. But she was very kind of maternal towards me. And she was bright, very smart, Mariam. And she talked me around. Well, she let me go. Then, oh, absolutely, forget it. Don't go without your bra. Which made me think maybe I could go without a bra. Because that's what I'm like. Yeah. I'll say no. And then I'll think about it. Maybe I should. So yeah. I did go on without a bra. And I could hardly perform. I mean, could hardly sing. I did the show because I'm a, I'm a professional. But it was torture so it's not like it was a malfunction and everything fell down or I was like Janet Jackson and the bra and the boobs were out but it was to me for me it couldn't have been worse we told me about David Bowie because he wrote a song for you didn't he well he didn't write the song but he actually recorded the song with me and he sang with me he played on it played sax he produced it and we had a little bit of a fling David and I but talk about fashion I mean he walked in he walked into a hotel I was in Leeds with, with my producer of my television show, BBC television show. And he was, was a man who had a big, funny old kind of moustache from who should be in the army. He didn't really talk like that, but he looked like that. He played a pipe, you know. And David, David Bowie walks into the, the lobby of the hotel in Leeds looking like he just got off the, the ship from Mars. Yeah. He was and white, 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 because he liked kabuki makeup. Yeah. For I those guess. of you who know, it's Japanese makeup that, that yeah. is, they make the face pure white. He, his hair was not red, but orange. I mean, and he would never take the makeup quite, take the makeup off from the night before when he was on stage. So his eyes were all messed up. And I mean, he looked like a wreck, honey, from the Hesperus. Yeah. But I was taken by him because I loved his music. That's what I fell in love with, with with Morris. I fell in love with his music, you know. And um, and I, so I was thrilled. But what about those outfits? He was very influenced by Japan, yeah. by all, all those outfits. And let me tell you, if you ever can get a picture of it, he might have been skinny. A lot of my friends go, oh, he's not my type. Oh, I couldn't, oh, I couldn't have fancied him. I said, you'd have got to look at those thighs. I'm telling you, you would have fancied him. And then he'd sing to you, and that was it. You'd be a goner. <laughs> he had the best thighs. He and Naomi, Naomi Campbell and, and David Bowie have the same shaped thighs. Okay. Just shows you how I study crazy things. Francesca Haywood. Like I have genuinely been on stage. Well, like my, my costume broke like the second before I went on stage or I just came on, did like the first thing and I just felt something go and I could just feel the air on my chest and I was like, no, this is not good. No, <laughs> I was dancing with no. lots of, yeah, I mean, obviously it's not, 
big dramatic and I was dancing with all the men first they had to like lift me and pass me you know between them and I was I'm like this goddess like creature in a show a big show <laughs> like one of my first shows of this big ballet called Rhapsody and I remember just knowing and just trying to keep eye contact with everyone <laughs> Yeah. stuff was probably showing but I couldn't even I couldn't look down on stage and check either so but you know and just having to like not let it affect my you know the steps and stuff the and then show. I, I ran off stage and and it was one of those things where it's exhausting so every time you get a moment in the wings you just want to be relaxing and it was like the only time I got to relax and instead I have like three costume people trying to put a safety pin on it which is also super dangerous because I was about to do a part of it and I was thinking oh my god we could get caught I could prick him with the safety pin like all kinds of things <laughs> so um I think I forgot about it until after the show and I was like oh it's a miracle nothing happened no like no more drama and then I said to my partner did you did anything is your are your fingers okay and everything <laughs> He's like, yeah, fine. I was like, well, that was a miracle. So, <laughs> I was thinking in lockdown of trying to do some kind of course on. I don't even know how you start though with designing. You know, like, could I even, you know, to draw even the figures to start, you know, whipping up some creatives. I mean, I can't sew, so that's not very good. So I can only sew ballet <laughs> shoes. <laughs> literally, like, maybe you'll be a cobbler. You could be a cobbler, <laughs> design shoes. Can you imagine? My second career is in a tiny shop in London, just mending shoes. <laughs> if you want a birthday suit, what would you wear? What would be the outfit or the dress that would make you feel a million dollars? I mean, I think it would honestly be actually white for the cat's I mean, a gorgeous beaded, like, white Mimi dress. Um, but I think I would go with, like, I love, like, caftan sleeves. I feel like Frida Kahlo-esque kind of with more bling, like I would, I don't know, something with big sleeves. Caftans! Like I just love that kind of vibe, that's how I think I'm gonna grow old, just in like lots of gold jewelry and big embroidered caftans, like with, with kimono-esque sleeves. But, but you will be drowning in fabric because you're so, you're so petite and delicate. Caftans, you disappear inside them. They'd be wearing you, Frankie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'd maybe like fit them to my waist or something. You'd be able to see my waist, and I just feel quite fabulous. Okay, so you love kind of um, texture and prints and quite bold colours when you're not wearing black. No. Okay, so what colour are these kaftans going to be, for God's sake? Okay, let 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 me change it. Maybe more kimonos, like big, big sort of like kimono. Okay, so kind of. Gowns. Okay, so you want to disappear entirely inside your kimono? Yeah, I mean, you're going to see my neck and my <laughs> my head and my wrists. You're flipping insane. <laughs> and then just nothing else. <laughs> that is just the weirdest thing I have ever heard. 28-year-old, beautiful girl with a kind of like <sighs> the perfect creature wants to obliterate herself inside a kimono all being they are the most beautiful things but not for you you're insane <laughs> you're funny okay maybe when i get to that point i'll consult you for style advice james mcveigh i get haunted by pictures of um of when i was in sick form uh and and sort of in the early years of the band because my yeah my my fashion sense was a uh, was awful. I think in the the, the very early <laughs> days, um, I guess like the first thing I saw of uh, or, or knew of fashion was uh, there was a wave of um, of sort of pop punk bands from America that would be on like UK TV. So so it was all the people that kind of were wearing loads of black and had like 
um, really spiky long hair and and all that. So like yeah, Green Day or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, I got into that and um, and that coincided with me. I used to do a lot of um, like BMX biking. I still do actually, which is funny. I'm I'm now the oldest person in the skate park, and I, and I remember when I was a child, I would look <laughs> at people my age now, I'd be like, they're weird. Why are they here? I'm now that person. Yeah. I went through a stage of wearing sleeveless leather jackets. Um, oh my god! The, well, the thing is, though, they they were very fifties, and I thought, well, that's cool. Yeah. But then, if you, mm. but but now they just and I had a few denim ones as well, uh, which which yeah, awful. I think though, in hindsight, I wore them because they were more um, comfortable on stage because. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't really like type, but like yeah, doing that like it's not very nice. When to you're do playing that. guitar, yeah, exactly. But um, but they did they did sort of cross over into day to day life. So I went to the Pride of Britain Awards years ago, and I I uh, last minute had to, uh, someone from the record label had to buy me a suit, and it was at a time when I really didn't care about what I looked like really. So they bought me a suit, and it was quite tight, and my full cock is on uh, in a lot of press pictures when I was in the red carpet because it was like. They were so tight that I know it was too late to change. I was I literally <laughs> went there to check. So that yeah, that was awful. Andrea McLean. Oh, well, funny enough, my, my son's just left home. He's gone to university, which that was a whole other thing in itself. Oh yeah. Um, I know. Oh can't believe how much I cried. Oh, me too. For twenty four hours sobbed out loud. Yeah, literally and I don't cry, but my God, I made up for it. I literally went, went upstairs, sat on his bed and sobbed. And then the only thing that made me feel better was I started tidying his room and then I was furious at how dirty it was. So it, it was fine. <laughs> Equilibrium was, was restored. <laughs> I remember going to a party yeah. once and there was this proper biker there. And I went over and chatted to him about, you know, his motorbike and his beard and all the sort of stuff you chat to a biker about. And I said, I love your jacket. And the drunker I got... Uh, the more money I offered him for it. <laughs> I went home with this biker's jacket and I no, wore it the you whole did time. Not. How much did you pay for it? Do you remember? Can't even remember. Can't even remember. Oh there were vodka jelly gosh. shots and beer and all. It was messy, but I did buy his jacket off him. I mean, the balls of you. That's amazing. That's Maybe that's another way of shopping now. Is just go up to some randomer who's wearing something that you like the look of and say, how much you pay? Can I have it? How much yeah, do you take? I love take? that. Can I have yeah. it? This September, I've decided is fuck off month. And I'm just saying fuck off to anything that does not suit me and does not serve me. And it's been just so liberating and actually quite, it just makes life so much easier. You know, when someone asks me to do something or whatever, I just think, does that serve me? Is that somebody I want to? Now, fuck off. They can fuck off. Mm. Even driving along in the car, if someone's beat me, you know, normally I'd think, oh, no, why? But now I just think, beep, fuck off. It's been wonderful. And I think that is a midlife thing. I don't care yeah. anymore. I don't care yeah. if you think I'm a grumpy middle-aged woman. Possibly I am. I don't think you are. I don't think you are at all. But Andrea, this is my wardrobe malfunction. So what has been your worst? Oh, my God, there's too many to mention. There is too many to mention. Um, I can remember one day I was doing doing the weather and... Uh, we sometimes we would we we would choose our own clothes you'd bring them in and this sort of this sort of stuff as long as they were pastel they didn't care 
And I had seen, I think it was in Kukai. Can you remember Kukai from 100 of years ago? Of course I remember Kukai, yeah. yes. 100 years ago. I think it was there. And it was a lilac PVC suit. And I thought this was an incredible thing. And because I was in my 20s, it fit me and looked all right. So I bought this lilac PVC suit. And I remember I walked in at 5.45 or whatever to get ready to go in front of the camera. And the cameraman, who I'm still friends with, a lot of the cameramen are still the cameramen now that do loose them in. Uh, I remember they're standing behind the, the, their cameras and they just went like this. <laughs> but not in a good way not in a good way <laughs> and I didn't quite pick up on the vibe so I was busy preparing anyway earpiece in mic on do all this got to six o'clock did my first broadcast and this is in the olden days before emails and stuff and it was when the, the people used to ring in the phones just went nuts not, not as in what a gorgeous outfit you were. It was more, what the hell is she doing? And our boss, who was still in bed at home, rang in and went, basically, what the fuck? Tell her to get that outfit off right now. So by that was at 6.01. By 6.25, I was back in my shift dress. I had to take my Lala PVC suit off. Dan Snow. Despite the kind of projecting the confidence yeah. of a a rugby-playing, deeply privileged, square-jawed 18-year-old, you're always deeply insecure deep down, right? Yeah. You're always looking at other people. You're always thinking, God, that, the way that person's wearing that stuff is so cool. You know, I'm, I can never... I knew that I was already... Like, I, you know, you date a new girl and she'd take you to a gig and her friends would look at you like you were a total idiot. Like, you were just <laughs> a West London Total twat, yeah. Like, a total... And I was like, oh, my God. I'm in, I'm at, I'm in Brixton. I'm, try, I'm going to, like, this... You know, I'm going to like this kind of electro night and I'm wearing, I'm fucking wearing Ralph Lauren. <laughs> anyone who makes history programs thinks they're Indiana Jones. And anyone who tells you that that's not true is lying. That is just uh, from okay. senior academics to complete jokers <laughs> yeah. like me who have no business okay. being there, right? And I had a little Indiana Jones hat like everybody else. And I loved it. I took it everywhere. And then Twitter came along and I watched, I watched foolishly check the Twitter feed uh, and on what people were saying about the program. And loads of people just said, God, that hat's so pathetic. What a total loser. And I never wore it again. I never wore it again. <laughs> no, and that's social no. media for you, man. I yeah. would love to dress like Brandon Flowers. I would love to dress like Brandon Flowers on, oh, on the main wouldn't stage. Wouldn't we all? Oh, I mean, I'm just I would love to guy. dress Brandon Flowers. I would love to be Brandon Flowers, frankly. Yeah, me but, too. But the point is, I, I don't think that would work. And I think it would detract. As you're saying, given that I'm there, given that I'm meant to be there, it's not meant to be about me. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Look, this is where the First World War, the first shots, the First World War fired in Belgium at this point. Um, uh, this is, and then to, to be dressed like Brandon Flowers in that context just feels kind of strange. And it, and it's also it is impractical because it's, yeah. the great thing about TV, as you know very well, is is that some days, some days I haven't perhaps I haven't been quite as assiduous reading the call sheet and, and you know as I should have been. I was in actually I was in Egypt and we were filming in these amazing Egyptian. Uh, you know the the ruins, the, the you know the ancient Egyptian ruins are actually just the best in the world. They're just mm. fantastic. And I stepped up a big, I climbed onto a big limestone block uh, in the um, I think it was in the Ramesseum just outside Luxor, uh, mm. and the entire seat of my trouser ripped out. Like I was wearing a pair of Hugo Boss jeans, and the whole thing. I've never. It was kind of like a comedy rip. I've never <laughs> even seen one before or since. 
It just just ripped from hip to hip right along my bum, what? and then hung down like a flap. I know, it was like really a cesarean. Weird. It, it was like a cesarean. It was to me, it was the most bizarre. Like it didn't just rip on across the back back of one thigh. It just ripped right across my bum from side to side. And I had to go around the rest of the day oh with this God. giant cat flap over my ass. Jess Gillum. Look at us both in our glasses. We love I our know. glasses. <laughs> I can't. I can't deal without them. I. I can't see a thing. Really? Oh, you can't see yeah. things. So why don't you wear contacts? I don't. I, I really. I don't. I think I look a bit like a mole when I take my glasses off. I'm okay, so take your, No, take your glasses <laughs> okay. off quickly. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? You're stunning. But I can't. I can't see you. I know. We'll get a pair of contact lenses. <laughs> I, I did have them at one point, but I just I I hated myself how I looked. I really? I, didn't, I didn't think I suited it. Yeah, and they're just so uncomfy as well. Yeah, no, that I so itchy. And... Uh, well, maybe you're going to become the classical version of Elton John now, known for your maybe. glasses. <laughs> maybe crazy glasses. Get some crazy glasses, girl. It must be. It's like if you're a bodybuilder or something, and you stop working out, and then everything sags. Do you think it's all just going to go your face? I really hope not. I really hope not. Nothing's ever split or gone wrong. But I remember the first day I went to do my first radio show at BBC. And I bought some new clothes to kind of feel smart and feel... Because you were on radio. New jobs. Obviously you had to radio. Everyone could see me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bought some new clothes and I went and the producer said to me, oh, do you have a new top? And I was like, oh, yeah, thank you. Do you like it? He said, yeah, the level's on the back. And I, oh, was just, no. I just went bright red. I just left it completely hanging out the back. But other than that, I've been generally pretty lucky. Yeah. Well, well, you know, give you time. You're, it'll happen. Trust me. It'll I've got happen. a concert tonight. It's going to be yeah. tonight, isn't it? Alexandra Shulman. I'm very aware of the fact that everybody says, you know, you don't look like the kind of the fashion editor person. But I think... Doesn't that piss you off? Does that piss you off? I find it funny after about 23 years when people were still saying to me, you don't look like... You know, a woman would come and interview me and say, you know, the, you just don't look like the editor of Vogue. And I'd think, I've been here for a quarter of a century, practically. You know, <laughs> if it's not me that looks like the editor of Vogue, who, who is this this person now? You know, I understood it to begin with. I read, I read that you, like, um, during the elections, that you put your happy pants on. God only knows what they must be like. But your happy pants to make yourself better when Boris Johnson got in. Yeah, that's right. I put on a pair of, um, my yoga teacher made made me three pairs of those Thai fishermen's Um Deeply unattractive, I know. Oh, my God. I know. Well, yeah. I love them. Of course, the person I live, man I live with thinks that, you know, beyond. But anyway, because they yeah. really are hideous on you. But they were yeah. this wonderful pair of pink, very, very fine cotton. And it was a baking hot day. It was the African plume had hit yeah. London. And I kind of thought I was really depressed about hearing the news um, about Boris and I just thought you know I'm going to wear I'm wearing these trousers they're pink they're my holiday trousers I'm going to do everything I can with my clothes to pretend what I thought was a very difficult moment coming up I had Sam when I had been at Vogue for I think three years and Mm -hmm. um, in those days you didn't take very much maternity leave so I had 
think it was 16 weeks maternity leave. And it was August and, you know, I'd, I'd literally got, found a nanny the night before. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, and I'd spent practically my whole maternity leave trying to find a nanny. Um, anyway, and so I'd had to leave, you know, the most precious thing in the world with a young woman that I'd only met the night before. Mm. Um, obviously, I had oh interviewed her. But uh, anyway, so... Anyway, I'm going back into the office to work for the first time in, you know, four months. And I have to say, you know, I, I didn't find maternity leave one of the most fun periods of my life. I found it quite stressful and mm. alienating. And I was very on my own in a way. And um, mm. so I thought, you know, well, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get dressed properly and, you know, get dressed up. So I put on this um, beautiful kind of pale lilac. Uh, it was Alberta Ferretti's shift dress, I remember. So a sleeveless shift dress, mm. quite tight fitting. And it was kind of the first, I think it was the first time I'd ever worn it. I think I'd got it. It had been, I'd ordered it and it had been delivered while I was on maternity leave. So it was all new and everything. And I was really looking forward to it. And then I was going to have to go and see everybody, you know, my boss, Nicholas, and that and the other all in the office and whatever. And I'd drive, get in the car, drive to work, go into um, go into my office and I pass a mirror and literally my boobs had been leaking milk all down, all through my dress. I mean, I was just like this huge stain all over oh the front my of my dress. Gosh. And I didn't have anything else to wear, obviously. I didn't come in with a change <laughs> so of clothes. So what did you do? That's a bit I can't remember. <laughs> I guess I had to. I think I. I think I tried to borrow a hairdryer. <laughs> then you had that lovely ring of no return. Yeah, the yeah. Kind of watermark. Yeah, exactly. Oh Jeremy Vine. I mean, I always think people who wear bright shirts are people who don't actually have a natural personality and are trying to make up for it with <laughs> colour <laughs> from others. So I'm absolutely busted on that. I think people who are very expressive and confident in themselves, as I'm not, uh, they just wear light blue. You know, a number of things have happened in our society where we should have had a full referendum and we didn't. One of them is the way that they drop the alcohol units allowed weekly from 21 to 14. No consultation at all. And the other one is <laughs> they, they, you know, suddenly ties went out and yeah. all blokes were left with office shirts. And I'm sort of demonstrate, demonstrating to this usually on our Zoom call here. Office shirts, which were really low and small and without a tie, you've got nothing going on. So we need to all switch to higher collars. It's a big. Oh, what's that? That's Mr. Chow. He's bright. You like him. He's bright. I love that. Yeah. I literally, that, because I looked down and then I looked up, the budgie appeared in your hair in between. It wasn't my hair. And I thought you were doing magic. No, no, sorry, I interrupted <laughs> your, I interrupted your, your um, collar moment. I've, I've, I have got a shirt story, which is this. Round the corner from the BBC, there was a shop in Conduit Street called Inferno, I think bizarrely, Inferno 9, right? And I discovered them, and, every, and this is about 20 years ago. And I started Inferno 9, sounds like, sounds like a sex shop. I know, I don't know what, I don't know what the actual basis of it was, but it sold shirts with not just collars, 
these these were proper Harry Hill massive collars. And I got really addicted. And everyone was asking me where you got your shirts from. And I used to go in the shop. They were very expensive, about, you know, 90 pounds each or something. So at, at some point, I felt so at home in this shop that I some customers mistook me for one of the sales staff and were asking me about <laughs> these shirts. And I started helping them because I got completely into character. And I said, you know, well, this one here is a really nice shirt. And then the actual sales staff came along and told me off. They said, excuse me, uh, he, this man doesn't work here. And I was really, I know, I was, I really felt humiliated and I never went back. And it was oh, no. about six months later and I thought the curse, Lady of Shalott, the curse has come upon them. You know, oh. you can't, I was a brilliant customer and they treated me badly. The trouble with, with old Brian Ferry is somebody said to me who, who'd been his tour manager, they said, this, this guy's been famous for so long that he's not got any sense anymore of what it's like to be uh, a normal so he said he got a call from him. He was on, in Tokyo ferry and he calls, <laughs> hello, how do I turn the heating down? You know, to a room? <laughs> and this, the tour manager's in London, ferry's on holiday in Tokyo. He, he says, you go to the wall and there'll be a little thermostat, Brian, and you just turn it. I don't, I can't find the thermostat. This is a bit of a, an interesting insight into my kind of university days. I was invited to a dinner party when I arrived at university and it was Durham in the 80s quite a lot of posh people there and I kind of I made friends with some of the posh people and I'm not I'm not very posh myself and they said it's black tie and I thought okay I can do that because I, I definitely have a black tie and I turned up just wearing a I mean obviously other clothes but just wearing, wearing a black, black tie, tie. And, and then they, they were all in bow ties and I, I thought this is these <laughs> people are obviously <laughs> living differently I didn't know. So I was 18. I would never have known what black tie meant, you know. You are you're making you are making that up. No, not at all. Why would an 18-year-old well, know you what black tie means? You made that up. You I didn't. Know. I haven't had a wardrobe malfunction. Mm. Your know, mother must have worn a black tie. Not once. Not no kind of middle, middle, middle class cheam. You wouldn't get that. You, there wasn't anything like that going on. I mean, the, the thing, not only have I not made it up, the joy of that is I've never told anyone that before because I haven't even told my wife because I, when you, when you mentioned wardrobe malfunction, I had to really think and I thought, actually, I felt really socially awkward that I made that mistake. You know, now I think actually it's quite, it speaks quite well of me. I think it's great. Yeah. But yeah, made up story. Okay. So... <laughs> Nadine Coyle. And what was the worst costume you ever had to wear? Worst outfit? There was. You and remember? I just, oh, there was. There was. There was a lot. There was definitely okay. a lot. And sometimes fan sites still do. You know, fifteen years today. It's like, oh, I really should have spent more time getting styled. I should have not just yeah. grabbed something and ran out the door. Um, but there was a video, one particular video, when apparently silver was really big. And so we were dressed in, in silver from head to toe. And I don't know what kind of material it was, but it would rip all the time. So we were constantly getting ripped. And then you get gaffer taped back up again, you know, oh just like gosh. stick the gaffer tape and off you go. So it was like, well, it's going to look amazing. Yes, we all look ridiculous right now. Um, but it's, we're going to look amazing once this is all put together, and that doesn't happen. We looked just as bad, you know. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, it's about the green screen. Once we've got the green screen on, it'll all come together. <laughs> it never came together. So you look like kind of five turkeys about to go into the oven, wrapped in tinfoil. We nice. did. 
just nice. and I just completely shell shocked to think it was a twenty six hour video, and mm. we were just like. You know, and you're just like, like a robot, like throwing yourself around. Great song, but not a good background. Oh, uh, what's the kind of worst that has happened? Not in, you know, when you've done a live performance. Has anything terrible happened to you? Oh, I've fallen off stage. Um, nice. Completely fallen off. And it was one of yes. those where, and it was at the end of the show and it was quite early on. And, you know, you're like loving yourself. You're doing the whole pop star, but you're like, bye 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 and then I was too busy looking this way I didn't see the steps going down and flew down the steps completely disappeared jumped back up again like it's all fine it's all fine and by the time I got to the car you know in the pain of just like yeah. tumbling <laughs> yeah. down like five steps oh <laughs> oh and we were in somewhere Wales or somewhere far away that I had to just sit in the car, just just swelling and, and bruising just oh the whole way God, back. Cool thing. But it's okay. That it's, yeah, it's, it's all part of it. Story, yeah. CeeLo Green. I think it's funny to shock to shock and awe. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I like to make people look and make people gasp, make people smile. Yeah, uh, make people make people tingle. Yeah. And make their earrings jingle. Make that earrings jingle, CeeLo. <laughs> oh, I got my little jingly jangle earrings on now. Yeah. Uh, I can see you're wearing a jogging suit now. Yeah. Um, and you collect them. How many do you, How many sets do you have? 500, at least. You are fucking joking me. 500. No. Because, but because when I dress domestically... I don't want to be bothered with trying to match shirts and socks and stuff like that. I just like to throw on the top and the bottom. We call it two-piece, like uh, a two-piece and, and, and a biscuit. A two-piece and a biscuit? It's like two, piece, two pieces of chicken and a biscuit from, from, <laughs> from Kentucky Fried Chicken. So it's like a top and a bottom, you know, it's a no-brainer. So that's what I like. And then I'm also, on the urban side, I'm inspired by 80s hip-hop and drug dealer fashion. Velour jogging suits, big pieces of jewelry. You know, uh, that's what I like. Okay. And um, you, you're also very big on sunglasses, which you wear inside. Why do you wear sunglasses inside? Because I don't want people to see me cry. Oh, for goodness sake. You even have your luggage that matches. So you can get on an airplane and everything is red or blue, including your Louis Vuitton luggage. It's true. Because, you know, um, we're always on the world stage. You know what I mean? Like, people are watching, so let's give them something to talk about. I mean, that's why luggage exists. That's why it exists in the many multiple options. Someone who uh, creates and manufactures luggage of handbags or shoes or handkerchiefs, they realize that there's a vast variety that needs to be accessible to people, you know, because the many moods of cr creative people. Gail Porter. Well, the thing is, I worked in Warehouse. Do you know Warehouse? Mm -hmm, of course, yeah. Warehouse on a Saturday, and I worked in Russell and Bromley um, Sunday. But Warehouse, I really apologise to Warehouse right now, but we used to like, take outfits on a Friday night and wear them out to Buster Browns, take them home, wash them, get them back in the shop by the next morning. That's so naughty, but so smart. <laughs> 
We didn't spill anything. We just wore them, got them cleaned, take them back, put them on. The only thing was you had to keep the tag on, so you had the tag scratching your back all night while you did. <laughs> I was a 32 double D. Well, do you know what I am? What? I am a 34 GH. Shut the front door. Yeah, look. Look how, look. <laughs> they are bigger than my head. But they're great. They're like all upright and, and smart. No, they're too, I hate, I hate them. I hate, I, I would love, to, I mean, I'm too old now. I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to give into it. But, um. I would have, I would have had one in the past because not everything. I find that, and I've had this conversation before, but you, you can't look fashionable with big tits. It's impossible. I went to a party and I took my, I wore high heels and I had to get taken in by my lovely gay friend and he was holding me. I was like, I can't walk like this. It looks like I've wet myself. And I said, Do you know what? I'm just going to take them off for a minute. And I took them off, and then by the time I came back, they were gone. <laughs> I don't know where they've gone. Oh. oh no! And then I had to leave. <gasps> this club and then there was lots of paparazzis and everything and they were like I'm walking and my feet were filthy because it was like everybody would be dancing and I just thought oh do you know what I'll find the shoes eventually and I had these black feet coming out oh my god and I never found the shoes I don't know who took them but someone took the pair of shoes from me a pair of Jimmy shoes okay. oh, oh no even worse so well if anyone's got that is... shoes that was pretty bad yeah. Yeah, I like them back, please. Those Jimmy Choo's. Dr. Ranj Singh. <laughs> I remember saying when we, um, you know, we were doing Strictly about you got so excited about Halloween. And my oh. God, you, you love a fancy dress party, don't you? You oh, love, love to dress it. up. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And this year I did one of my favourite looks for Halloween that I've ever done. I have this, um, I had this mask, uh, this crystallised, basically half skull mask, and I had uh, contacts in, I did some makeup, so I gave myself a bit of a smoky eye, had these horns that were partly sprayed gold, <laughs> and then I had this massive gold chain on, so I had a bare chest and I had a suit on, and then I had these black angel wings. I felt like this weird black horny angel devil thing and it was incredible. It <laughs> sounds I, so sexy, I've got to say. It it's so, it's so on my Instagram. Sexy. It's on my Instagram and I it. loved it. You know, I wore a massive multicolour shagpile rug at Halloween in Strictly, which was very hot because I had this blue leotard all in one leotard head to toe underneath <laughs> with this massive multicolour shagpile rug on top plus these furry ears, <laughs> furry shoes, uh, and I wondered why I couldn't dance in the damn thing. <laughs> Jeanette was livid. She yeah. was like, you can't dance in that. How are you going to jive in that thing? I was like, I'm trying. My legs are going as fast as they can. I just can't see them. <laughs> oh, it's too good. And did you have, you must have had loads of wardrobe malfunction, not just on Strictly, but oh. you know, when you've been, tell me your worst. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm sure I have had love, but I, I block them out, in, instinctively block them out, the embarrassment. I remember very recently, um, actually, I think it was early part of this year, I was asked to host uh, the Royal National Ballet's, there was a gala night that they were doing. So they had opera and beautiful music and ballet dances. It was a great. And Jaeger um, gifted me this beautiful dark blue velvet suit. It was stunning. I loved it. Fitted black trousers, lovely shirt, bow tie. I felt like a million bucks. 
And um, I know diddly squat about prom ballet. So, <laughs> so I went out, obviously quite nervous, but I'd done all my research and I, and I hosted this show and it was, it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. And I remember the audience, looking at the audience, thinking everyone's having a really good time. They're all smiling and laughing and it's, and it's great. You know, maybe, maybe this is a thing. Anyway. The show was over. It all went well. I went back to my dressing room, looked down. I did the entire thing with my flies open. And (laughs) no wonder everyone was laughing. And the best part is it would have been fine. It probably wouldn't have been noticeable, but I was wearing bright pink pants underneath. Oh, my God. I can't believe it, really. And were they they on show? Were they open to the public? Well, they must have been. pink pants. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that was probably one of my best wardrobe malfunctions I've ever had. Um, I mean, it made me chuckle. It, thank, yeah. thank God I was wearing pants is all I'm going to say. Yeah. You know thank what? I'm just God. glad I had coverage. Coverage. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of my <laughs> memorable coverage. ones. <laughs> and, Rand, when you, you know, the, obviously with your job, you must have very traumatic and very um, upsetting times. Is there, is there something, something physical that you cling on to. So do you have any kind of comfort blanket, something that you'll yeah. take with you to the hospital or when you travel? Yeah. Like that? I don't necessarily take it to the hospital, but I'm a massive fan of onesies. Like, you probably think that they're the worst thing in the world. You have ways. no... I, just hang on one sec. I have to show you something. Hang I'm on. going to show you my favourite onesie, Susanna. <laughs> Let's have a onesie up! <laughs> Yay! Hang on. Oh, oh, are you getting naked? <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Oh, amazing! She's got to get a onesie. No, okay, so. Oh, 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 oh look! You've got your onesie. Right, okay. Okay, Let's you show me off. yours and I'll show you mine. <laughs> I have, and I bought this this one here, when I was in Panto last year down in Canterbury. I have a silver velour onesie, oh, and it classic. is the most comfortable thing ever. I take it on holiday with me. Is that really sad? Every time, any any time I go away, I take it with me, and it is my. It's oh, it's just it's just freeing, and it's 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 slightly sexual. <laughs> that is, can I say? Truly disgusting. There it is, is nothing to redeem so, it's, that. It's repellent. It's easy access, though, Susanna. It's easy access. That's true. It's on both sides. <laughs> yes, have you got a look? Because, look, this is mine. Okay. Oh, look, you've got is, a camo one. I mean, really, you should be wearing mine and I should be wearing yours. But this... Oh, that is amazing. And look how fleecy and warm. And because I've oh, started... Oh, it's got fleece on the inside. Wild... Because I started wild swimming, so when I get out, yes. I dry myself. Yeah. So it's fucking cold in that yeah. sea. I dry myself and I put this on. And then like yours, it's got a oh, little that wee, is lovely. A wee zip at the back. A little zip at the back. A little wee zip. Easy access, as they say. <laughs> so we are the onesie queens. That's probably backdoor yes. access is better for you than me, really, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> well, it depends on your preference, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> William Boyd. With with you, what do your clothes say about you, Will? So you seem to like quite a lot of navy. I originally had this 
plan because I'm quite I'm interested in clothes but I can't be bothered with the fuss of clothes so mm. quite early on in my life I thought I'm only going to wear shades of blue so I can stumble out of bed grab a shirt pair of trousers and a jacket and they'll all match <laughs> because they're all shades <laughs> of blue and that's that's my selection process over for the day um of course it's slightly evolved since then but I think that um people used to laugh at me because I was always wearing pale blue shirts and navy blue jackets and uh but um, it was partly just so I, I didn't have to kind of fret about whether you know this shirt matched that jumper or this um, pair of trousers went with these shoes because I, I had got one sort of layer of tones in my cupboards and shelves and um, everything everything matched effortlessly the only mm. area of my wardrobe where I allow myself a bit of leeway is my shoes so I, I will wear red shoes or white shoes or Oh, God forbid. What, serious, what, red leather shoes or trainers? Red leather shoes. I don't wear, I don't wear trainers. Um, but Where do you find a pair of red leather shoes for a man? Just bought a pair, actually. Um, I, find, I think I bought them online. But there's a shop in the King's Road, um, uh, which is a kind of bespoke cobblers. And they have okay. the most amazing shoes in the window. I mean, some of them I couldn't, wouldn't dare wear because they're far too over the top. Um, but I did find a fantastic pair of red Chelsea boots uh, in there, which, which, I, which when I go on stage to do talks, I, I wear. And I do, I do get the odd comment. But it's, that's the only area where I, where I abandon my, you know, white, navy, grey, pale blue um, look. But I would say, I mean, that is such a sort of contradiction. I'm wearing red, sh- red Chelsea boots yes. is a very bold move. Yes. I, mean, I can't, so I, I, I wish I could see them. I mean, to be honest, will they sound absolutely hideous? Well, they're quite, they're quite, um, they're slightly extreme, but because the rest of, of my outfit is so kind of monochrome, it's mm-hmm. the one, one bit that um, sort of leaps out and says, oh, maybe he's more interesting than he looks. You know, yeah. uh, that, that, that's, that's the theory. Uh, but, uh, uh, often it just attracts hilarity. On occasions, I have been dressed by other people for, for shoots, you know, particularly in France, because I, I turn up to have my photograph taken to pre- you know, present my book and they look at me in sort of appalled silence and they've got a ra- <laughs> they've got a rack of clothes and uh, and I have been dressed for you know I suppose fashion shoots and um they've been wardrobe malfunctions in my opinion you know like I once had to wear a, a white suit um and uh, and um I uh, and there's another another time I had to I had to pose for a very big French magazine called Gala where they they created Huge a kind of, magazine. Yeah, yes where they created a kind of fake picnic for me with a <laughs> um I think a burberry rug on the on the on the lawn and me dressed in a in a, a trench coat and uh, you know shirt and tie or something like that it just looked was so not me it was a joke and uh, and um, but I sort of I would do it now but I was too young and and embarrassed to say you know forget it I'm not doing this but um those are the times when I've have had, in my opinion, serious wardrobe malfunctions. But maybe other people have thought I've never looked better, you know. So, uh, but uh, I, in a way, my 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 clothes strategy is there precisely to prevent a, a wardrobe malfunction, um, and, and it's pretty pretty efficient in that regard. But, uh, 
But when other yeah. people when other people take over, it, it can go disastrously wrong. It goes horribly wrong. And then, what about your birthday suit? Something that you your go to outfit? You probably don't have one that you would wear on high days and holidays that makes you feel joyous, apart from your navy shirts yeah. and yes. your red shoes. Well, it's quite funny. This is another little sign of me um, breaking out of my navy blue, pale blue world. But um, my books have started to do very well in Germany. And I've mm. been, to, been to Germany a lot promoting the books. And I've, I've come to like very much this German style called, I'm nervous. called, yeah. tra- called Tracht. Uh, and Tracht is sort of traditional clothing. So I have actually... <laughs> <laughs> I have, not Lederhosen. No, not Lederhosen. <laughs> but, but, you know, these little jackets with <laughs> buttons and uh, like a sort of little belt at the back, like a Northern I... jacket. <laughs> And um, I've got... With the accordion. Then they wear them when they're playing in their little tricorn hat. I don't mm. have a hat, but I do have these two jackets, uh, tracks jackets, which Ooh. I re- really love. <laughs> one is black. <laughs> one is black with silver buttons that I wear at night. <laughs> and the other one is, is cotton. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, and I actually have been complimented <laughs> on them. I was crossing Albert Bridge, and, and this woman said to me as she passed I do like to see a bit of crap. <laughs> so, um, so that's my kind of. Um, I, I, I've been wearing it a lot recently, actually. So probably it's my favourite jacket. So uh, I do know exactly the Bavarian Bavarian Austrian Bavarian. men's jackets. Mm. You know, that's my Very, Achilles yeah. heel. And finally, for the second time, Trini. How are you, darling one? I'm well, darling. I'm feeling very envious that you have the tree behind you with the big ball in that old-fashioned, lovely way. Mine's downstairs, so I just got the sequin in the background. Well, you are a bauble, as always, in your sequins. You are a Christmas bauble, and I should shove the top of my tree up your arm. arm. Actually, Elton John is up there at the moment. But you'd be the perfect fairy. So he should be. I know, I just like... I do keep doing things where I put on evening outfits and I just think I've got nowhere to go, so I'll just wear it with trainers, you know. Are you seriously doing that? Yeah, I see, like today, seri- like tomorrow I'm going to wear this because I did it closet fashion. But this is something I got from Rosetta Getty, just fab. Um, and, sorry, you can't see anything. But that's so expensive. Let me guess how much that cost, about £3,000? I don't want to know. It no, was like, no, actually, oddly... It was more, less than I thought it was. But the worst thing was, I thought I had, it was in the sale with other things I got at Harvey Nichols. And then he said, oh, this one is new season. You know, that criminally oh. horrible moment. But the worst present I ever got from Steen, do you remember, just after I'd had Esme, was um, a set. Okay, you just think, think about this, ladies, and the few men that listen to this. You've just had a baby. You're still carrying the weight. And... Your husband, for your birthday, gives you a set of weighing scales to put in the bathroom. The worst present I've ever been given. I think it was the lowest point in your marriage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say, there's elements of it, because I remember afterwards, I think, I think Steen realised how much he'd screwed up, because then... He did. I, I, I always there was get, no backpedalling. Like, on the, 20th, no... on the 20th of December, I get a call from, from you from Tashi's husband. There's like four men who call me and they go, Trini. Yeah, what shall I get? <laughs> shall I get? You know, and I, I occasionally had to. I think, I don't know mm. if I've... No, you always had to. Steen always called you. He always, always calls you. Always. 
I know he did, but you know what he'd do is I'd say this, this and this. Um, and he'll go, great, as a main presence. And I said, no, Steeny, that's for her stocking. <laughs> and he'd be like, no! <laughs> Don't do this to me, Trini. And I was like, you know what? She works bloody oh, hard and um, yeah. and she deserves a little a little pampering. I'm going to get you the Christmas outfit that I always wear. Okay. One second, caller. Hang on. Okay. I'm holding on. Shall I tell you something about Susanna while she's not in the room? All right. So... I'm just trying to think something really rude that she can then we can find in the edit, George, you know. Um, yeah, just think something quickly. Her worst Christmas outfit? There's been a few. I mean, there was a moment, we've discussed this before, George, when she got pregnant and Eric Budabauer took her shopping and said, oh, this is the way, honey, you're going to dress when you're pregnant. Susanna came back and she had become a tent. She was wearing A-line linen to the ground, like... Anyway, it was a moment. I just, if, if I remembered it to her now, she would go. Okay, this is my Christmas outfit. Oh, darling. The apron. I um. am the scullery maid, the cook. That That's me. You are. And you know what? Cece, very sweetly, is going to, she said to me, all that's missing, Mum, is the hairnet. We need to get you a hairnet to wear. So that's what I'll be wearing on Christmas Day, but over a gorgeous gown. Can't we just get you like a sequin apron? Apron. It's a very good idea. Then you could very just wear your jeans and a jumper and that would be your dressing. Yeah, that would be fine. Like a little pinafore, a little sequin pinafore. Oh, darling. The thing is, you oh, do no. enjoy as much as I you love know, it. You do enjoy that I thing that you are the centre of the household. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm. A, I love. I love cooking Christmas lunch, and I yeah, love man. the whole thing. It's bliss. You made it. You deserve a bloody gold-plated coat hanger at the very least. Do hope it lifted your spirits. If so, it would be lovely if you'd quickly rate and review us on your chosen platform. If not, then look at it this way. At least you're a couple of hours closer to normal life again. Right before we go, thanks to our ever-faithful house band, Duo. Find and buy their new album called Gig in Your Garden, out on February the 5th at duoguitarmusic.com or at Duo Guitar Music on their socials. You can also see them performing live every Friday night on their Facebook page, as they have weekly since March 2020. Thanks again to all our 39 brilliant guests for coming on and being such amazing sports and of course thanks to you guys for listening stay safe catch up soon and until then my wardrobe is officially closed selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.